Hey, greetings to the world. I am still Cam, and this is still the Real Resilience Podcast. Again, we started this in an effort to try our best to weed out ignorance, because uh, we never want that to be a reason why people don't get help or seek help or grow in the ways that are necessary in life. And today we have an awesome guest on the show. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself, sir. Hello, all. My name is Justin, and you know I'm uh, I'm here on just here living my best life or trying to live my best life. You know, that's all we all really. That's that's I guess what we're all trying to do in a sense. Um, you know, in this in this conversation we're gonna have, it's gonna be uncensored, right? And um, it's just Cam and Justin have a conversation about things around resilience. So I'll just, um, I've, I've said it many times, for, for me, the, the definition of resilience is it ain't about how hard you hit, it's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward, right? That is not to say that when we get hit, it's not going to hurt. That's just to say that how can we still move forward with the life that we have? Because um, oftentimes, and, and sadly and tragically, people choose permanent solutions for temporary problems and, um, we just want to avoid that as much as possible and let people know, hey, you're not alone. Um, the people around you may not be perfect. They may not be able to give you a perfect solution, but they are there to help you um, and, and to try to make sure that people aren't ignorant to what could be of help to them uh, so we can avoid people not making the wrong decisions. And that comes in many ways, shapes, and form. Uh, I'm, I'm specifically speaking to death by suicide uh, right now in, in the Marine Corps specifically. Um, we don't speak on behalf of the Marine Corps right here. But I am going to share a stat that usually we have about three to four deaths by suicide uh, in a year by this point in time. This year we're up to 10 for the entire core as far as 2023 is concerned. So um, and just let me go and lead with also saying that this is uncensored, unfiltered. Uh, I'm going to say some maybe bad words, as some will call them, but I hope we also are able to say some good words and some encouraging words. But we do not speak on behalf of any organization professionally anybody in the Department of Defense. Yes, we are veterans having a conversation about things, but this is our personal, again, our personal opinions on these subjects. So please bear that in mind that we are not speaking on behalf of any organization or anything that we do professionally. We are speaking personally right now, folks. And to get into that, I'm just gonna personally ask Justin, what does resilience mean to you, man? So it's a good question, you know, resiliency is when usually whenever I think about resiliency, it's just in simple terms, uh, I would just say it's more of a, a term that you could use to say, hey, whenever you're dealing with any sort of adversity, hardship, tough times that you're going through in life, you know, and you just feel like you, you just, just can't keep going forward, you still find that, that little spark inside of you, either whether it's in whatever it is that you're trying to fight for, you know, just, just to get back up and just to just keep moving forward. And I feel like a lot of people like struggle with that a lot, you know, because resiliency is just every day is a struggle sometimes. Sometimes for some certain people, just getting out of bed is a struggle. That's real. That's and real. Yeah. And sometimes our, we all fight our own battles that no one ever knows about, you know. So resiliency, I just believe it's just whenever, no matter how small or big it is that you're going through, uh, you just continue to keep moving and n don't stop, you know, remember what, you, what you're here for and what your purposes are and to just get up and just, you know, in simple terms, just keep going. That's keep going. And, and, it, and like you said, in simple terms, and, and we talk about these subjects and we hear it all the time, you know, don't give up, don't quit, 
be there, all, all that kind of stuff. But the, the main thing we want to get in, into here is, is the how. Is how can we as individuals apply these things? Because I'm going to be honest with you, man. Not every day of my life, nor my career in the military or as an adult, have I wanted to get out of bed. Uh, that's just the God's honest truth. I'd almost say it's somewhat of a spiritual reason why you get out of bed. Whatever makes you get out of bed, I would argue, is spiritual to you because it gives you that it gives you that reason to get up. It may just be to go feed the dog that day. It may just be to go out and earn for your family or whatever. But hopefully, it's more than just those things. But tapping into when we said purpose and we said uh, having resilience and building resilience, how have you, in your time in um, in this system and what we're doing? Uh, you're out here in Japan. You're obviously co-located from. You're not. Are you married or single? Uh, I'm. I am single. I'm single. Okay, so he's single, and and you live in the quote unquote. Um, what is that uh, lodging facility that is so nice that you live in? <laughs> what is it called? The uh, the barracks. The barracks. <laughs> the we bricks. Oh yeah, calling. the bricks. The yep. bricks. So I mean, here you are. You're young. How old? I'm 20 years old. Actually, recently turned 20. 20. Happy. Yeah. Belated birthday. <laughs> Actually, I told him happy birthday at the time. Yeah. Because uh, we, we happen to both um, pursue a certain outlet at the same time um, in different ways, but it's a healthy outlet, and we'll get into that. But, okay, I just basically described, we, we said, who is Justin? Uh, he's a 20-year-old man, joined the military. He joined the service country. He's stationed foreign away in Japan, way away from where's home? Uh, home is in California. In California, so we are w we're not next to California. We're actually closer to Kim Jong Un right now than we are to Governor Newsom. Yeah. So there's that. All right, but in saying all of that, what are some things that you do to remain resilient and to just is it? I mean, let me just ask first: Is it challenging being in your situation? Uh, well, it definitely being away from home, especially considering I lived in California my my whole life. Uh, I did not go outside of California until I joined the military. You so didn't even go to like Nevada one day? Uh, it, well, we, I did go with my family a couple okay, times. Okay, all right, yeah. okay. I was like, dang, he didn't even leave the border? Dang, that's California nah. love right there. <laughs> but you know, like, so we mainly stayed in California for the most part, other than obviously at Nevada to like go to Las Vegas or something, or like Reno, and just like the very borderline edge of Nevada. Gotcha. Other than that, I did not go outside of California at all. Like. I think the first time I actually went outside of California was when I first uh, went to uh, Florida for my uh, school. So for actual for your for your job. Yes. So for those for listeners who don't understand, you go to your initial training, whatever basic training is. It happens to be in, in the line of work that we do. We call it recruit training. I'm assuming your stay, uh, your wonderful stay, up, uh, <laughs> was aboard MCRD San Diego, yes, my friend. MCRD. Awesome. And then after that, you go through the training pipeline, so we eventually get you to the operating forces, which is where we'll all spend a bulk of our time with our contract. Everybody fixates on boot camp and stuff, mm -hmm. but that's a very small percentage of the time that you'll spend on active duty. So <laughs> after boot camp, after your combat training, you went over to Florida. Yeah. For, for your job skills training. That is okay. correct. So that was to earn your occupation. Pretty much. Okay. And this is just trying to break it down so everybody can understand where we're coming from. So Florida was your first time east of the Mississippi or east of yeah, any, the west? Any, <laughs> any, pretty much, yeah. Anywhere that's now, that wasn't California was the first time when I went to my school for my training, okay. for my occupation. And then they said, hey, you want to go to Japan? <laughs> they well, didn't ask you. They just told you. Well, that's, uh, that's the funny thing, though, is that actually my experience is that when um, it was close to our graduating time when we were going to – you know, we're like, hey, we're gonna, we're graduating in like, I think it was a week before, a couple weeks before, I don't remember exactly when, but 
um, they gave us this little sheet that said, hey, we're going to, we have you guys have, we have three options. It's like a paper, and I said, like, it was like, I don't remember everything, the rest, I honestly don't remember. I was just focused on where I wanted to be stationed at. And there was just three choices. It was West Coast, East Coast, or Overseas. Those are the three choices they gave you. And pretty much, I was like, hmm. The goal, like, when I initially got to, uh, after the combat training, was to go to Japan. That was the place, that was the station I wanted to go to. I've told, I've been told many stories of like, hey, you might, you might, you might not. Uh, really depends, you know. Uh, but I was like, I don't care how small the chance is. If there's a little bit of a chance that I'll go right. and make it in Japan, I will go. So I put overseas, and I got, I got a circle. And then we didn't get, didn't get our she sheets later until, like, I think it was a day before that we graduated. Uh, we They gave us our papers back and told us, hey, yeah, you're going to this place, and you're going to that place. And I was lucky enough to be stationed here. And uh, it's it's kind of a, an interesting thing because, like, it's it's a place I want to go to, but at the same time, you know, it also comes with its struggles. Uh, and being what, away what from made home. those be? So being away from home is one. Okay. Yeah, being away from home definitely like a new environment, like the culture shock. You know, being in being so used to American like culture, uh, and then just completely flip swapping that to yeah, just Japanese culture and their just everything that they do here out in Japan and also here on base. So. Yeah, it's 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 just so much different. It's like um, the best way I can relate it to is like when you first go to school, like okay. preschool, middle school, high school. You end up going to a new school, or um, maybe you go to the same school, but you're just going in a different grade, or maybe there's just a bunch of people that you don't know. Or maybe you're like going to a school where like nobody speaks your language or <laughs> knows anywhere about you're from. Not all, but exactly. You're you're yeah. literally in a foreign land. Mm -hmm. It's very humbling. Mm -hmm. I'll say that it's very humbling. Being out here, being stationed abroad, made me realize how American I really am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because besides 7-Eleven, um, ain't much stuff open at times. You know, usually the problem in America is uh, money, right? You don't have the money for the thing you want. Mm. Here it's just they might not be open, and they ain't opening because they, they sold what they wanted to sell for the day. So that's mm. <laughs> yeah, they're, they, like, they're yeah. done. We're done. We're done. Time to go home. You know, exactly. and that's different. What, what else? What else? What are some other challenges? Um, just honestly, uh, so I joined right out of high school, and I didn't really have much adulting <laughs> experience. Right, right. So me being like a 20-year-old guy just out of high school, joining the military, and now doing all these things about learning about how to be an adult and how to just take care of myself and how to just manage my own time. Right, right. And manage everything that life has to offer is, that's honestly a struggle in its own. You know, it's, it's a big uh, like change for me personally because there's just I feel like I was like really taken care of as a kid uh, right. when it, by my parents I didn't really have a lot of um, like times where I could say oh yeah I could do this by myself or I can be an adult or I could be grown up gotcha. right so um, that's just my personal experience you know so just managing time managing how to live <laughs> live a l live my life uh, as a as a single person here, you know, it's it's it's, it's honest, honestly that in itself is a struggle. Just being single. Just being single. Just trying to learn how to figure out life, learning what what I want to do. Right, right. With everything, um, that in its own, um, just sometimes fitting in. Uh, a lot of people have told me that, um, like, the the person that I am, like personally. 
doesn't really match like the like how can I say this the the generalized spectrum of how everyone is right so to say like like the archetype of somebody in the military <laughs> right yeah yeah. Yeah. Have you done one of those personality tests before? Uh, probably when I was in high school. Okay. Okay. But I don't remember anything. I'll <laughs> tell you, I, I didn't take it till I was in my thirties. But there's this, there's a anybody can go on there. It's free service, so I get nothing out of saying this. But it helps to understand yourself a little bit better. But it's funny when I took mine uh, on sixteenpersonalities.com. You can go on there <laughs> and sixteenpersonalities.com. You answer some questions as honest as you can. You can't ask them when you're in a professional setting or anything like that because we all know how to act in certain scenarios, right? <laughs> you know how to act when you go to work. You know how to act when you go to church. You know how to, you know, we're actors, like it or not, right? But they, they say to take it in your most comfortable state. So if you're interested in that, anyone out there listening, 16personalities.com, take it in a comfortable setting at, at your house. You know, for me, that's basketball shorts, some, you know, Adidas slides, I think they call them now. I always <laughs> call them flip-flops, but the kids call them slides. <laughs> and just at home, just, just chilling, right? Just being me, being Cam. Um, so I take it then. But when I got back the results, it was funny, and I took it again, too, just to confirm, and straight up, same results. Um, I learned that I am totally counter personality-wise to military service. <laughs> it's actually on the list of things I shouldn't do. <laughs> it, th and that's just so funny because well, the, look at that. the stereotypes and the, the archetypes that are, that are perceived, or maybe the status quo, that doesn't mean that's a standard because I feel like we do have a lot of freedom to be ourselves and express ourselves. But again, it's all in good taste, and there's a time and a place for everything. But it's funny because I, I have the same thing. Like yeah. My personality-wise, it said don't do that, and <laughs> well, he here we are, 20 years later, and I'm doing that. So uh, <laughs> I don't know. But in, in saying that and understanding yourself, um, and, and you said you didn't have too much adulting, and I'm sure you're not the only one in this situation because yeah. hey, it's a lot of young people in military service. Have you been in some adult scenarios that have that have tested your let's say your stress levels and being out here you know uh i do actually yeah so it was actually the time that i was um temporarily uh, moved to um what was it i think it was hawaii or it was originally to okinawa then to hawaii then to san diego and i'll get into that actually in a little bit of of why i did that but there was a time that i was leaving from okinawa japan which is also in japan right so um there was a plane that was going to um, Hawaii that I was supposed to take, but the plane that I took, uh, I was looking at the, like I was on the plane and I was looking at like when the time the next flight is so I know how much time I have before I need to get on the next flight, right? Right, right. So I, I looked at it and I was, I was looking at the time and I was, I was checking my watch. I was like, oh, okay, it's this time. And then it said, okay, we're, we're landing in like at this time, right? Uh, like I think it was like, it was like super late in the afternoon, and I was like, "Oh wait, my my flight's taking off. My uh, <laughs> my next one that I was supposed to take is is uh, leaving in like ten minutes." So I'm like, "Oh well, I don't think I'm gonna make it." So then I'm like stressing out about, "Oh, what am I gonna do then?" Because it was a uh, it was one of those things where I didn't pay for the you know the flight where it was paid by the government. It was paid by the government. Oh, so yeah. now you feel like, "Oh, I might have to pay the government back." Yeah, I'm about to kid. I don't them enough. I, I I'm I'm about to miss my flight, you know. <laughs> so now I'm like, "Oh wow, then." I don't know what I'm gonna do. So then I was like, "Oh dear, jeez, what I'm gonna do this?" So then I eventually landed, and then like obviously the flight already left. I ran over to the gate as fast as I could with all my stuff, and they s and I went to the gate and I talked to them. I was like, "Hey, did is, are we still boarding?" And then it's like, "No, it just took off." And I'm like, oh, 
but it's right there. <laughs> right, right, right. But yeah, they they basically they didn't let me on, so I was like, oh man. Uh, now what am I gonna do? So then I, I I remember I called the person that was because uh, when um, and uh, you're temporarily relocated uh, or temporarily uh, uh, medevaced is what it was. Right? Okay, gotcha. Medevaced. So medical evacuation. Uh, my NMA or non medical attendant. The person who the goes, with, person you who goes kinda, with you. Kind of be your battle buddy. Your, Pretty your partner. Much. Don't make sure you don't get lost. And turn yeah. Into where's Waldo? Exactly. You're <laughs> over here like where's Justin? And you're I don't know somewhere <laughs> in the Pacific. <laughs> He's somewhere over there. But yeah. I, I remember the first thing I did. I was like I called him and I was like hey. This this happened. I don't know what I'm gonna do. And then he gave me a lot of instruction on what to do and helped me out, figure it out. And eventually, I figured it out. I was, I was um, I had to call. I forgot the name of them, but Sato. Yeah, you probably sat on hold for about thirty six. Thirty. I was on hold for forty five minutes. Yeah, I was like, hey, let's go ahead and speak to that Sato. You suck. (laughs) Fix your shit, man. Forty five minutes of just waiting. I was causing a lot of fucking stress on us. I, I remember I texted my NMA again. I said, "Hey, is this? Am I supposed to be waiting this long?" He's like, "Yeah, it's fine. It's, it's normal." I'm like, "This is normal." Oh, oh my God! I'm so happy you said that. Normal, <laughs> normal, right? Uh, doesn't normal doesn't mean it's right though. <laughs> no, it right? Does not, that just means that's the shitty status quo that, that everybody's accustomed to. But yeah, uh, thank you, Sato, for being so garbage because <laughs> it's like 30 hours on the average, and most times our flights fall out and then we're waiting on hold for you. So if y'all could really like help us out with that, that'd be great. You could probably reduce some <laughs> friction and stress. But So I look at this, this small scenario you've just pitched so far, mm-hmm. all right? and I'm not trying to interrupt you, but I do want to kind of paint a picture of where we're at. Yeah. So here you are, foreign land, overseas. You're, you're be, you're, you're, they're called orders. They're not called want-tos, so you're on orders, right? <laughs> so they're telling you you have to go somewhere. Okay, got to go here, got to go there, got to go there. Friction state, boom, what do I do? Luckily, in your moment of stress, and this, and some people listening might go, oh my God, we're talking about missing a flight. You know, <laughs> you might think that, but hey, this same principle can apply to so many things. I heard that you first reached out to somebody. Mm-hmm. Did you? You didn't know what you didn't know, so you had to reach out to somebody for some help, right? Yeah. And then you also, you, you talked about the, the levels of stress that you were under, but then you also talked about this is normal, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's still fucked up. It is. It's still fucked up. Very and, much and, so. And how often does that occur in our day-to-day lives? And we, we talk about this when, and we've, we've done the training together, the operational stress control and resilience. I call it resilience, but it's actually acronyms for readiness. But how could we stay ahead of things? Now, mm-hmm. let's say at the same time in all of this, because this happens a lot of times too, you're not just on medevac for whatever, maybe it was a minimal procedure, don't, don't know. I, I'm not saying I don't care, but HIPAA, right? Don't want to ask. Um, but let's say it was a severe situation that you were in, and let's say you had to eventually go back home because you had a, a loss in the family, and maybe professionally you're not doing too well at your job because, quote, unquote, you suck at your job, right? <laughs> you think about all these stressors and how they, they, they compound um, and how many people don't reach out for help, mm-hmm. don't reach out for any form of help. In that scenario, would your situation have gotten better on its own if you didn't reach out for help? Just say in this scenario, folks. Okay. If I, if I didn't, Honestly, if I had no one that I knew or did not reach out for help, I don't know what I would have done, honestly, because I... would still be looking for Justin. <laughs> yeah, for real. I'd be lost in SeaTac somewhere in Seattle. <laughs> you know, I'd just be I like... I in Seattle. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. Shout out to USO in Seattle. You guys are awesome. If y'all <laughs> ever listen to USO in Seattle is amazing. And Peter Bun and Jelly's keep my morale high. Thank you. <laughs> they, deal, they deal with a lot of people, yeah. But yeah, honestly, if I didn't, if I didn't have anyone, or I just didn't straight up reach out for help, like 
I don't even know what I would have done. I would have just, I probably would have ended up going AWOL or something because I missed a flight and it's, you know, I just didn't, I wouldn't have known what to do, do because I didn't have a lot of flying, fly, uh, flying experience uh-huh. with anything. I've never took, uh, at the time, I didn't have a lot of, I've never taken a lot of uh, flights on, on planes before, right? right? So, like, I didn't, I was still kind of getting in the process of it. Like, I remember the first time <laughs> just getting to my school, my training, like, I was just like, oh, boy, I hope I don't miss this because I don't know what I'm doing. Like, yeah. just going through the security gate and just seeing, like, oh, wait, yeah, you got to do this. And I'm like, oh, wait, what? And it's like, oh, you got to take off your belt. I'm like, wait, okay, all right. Got to take off your shoes, too. I'm like, oh, this is all so new to me, right? Yeah, but to you that was stressful, and this is this is the thing that we talk about with the Oscar because you've never experienced these things, right? And and again, it's just a flight, right? To some, and they're like, I've done this, so I do this all the time. I do <laughs> flights. What is this guy talking about? No, but what we're what we're drawing here, folks, is a individual who has never experienced certain things or certain types of things, and is now experiencing these things. And to where normally that would make someone who's accustomed to that and not so stressed, it's getting him all worked up, right? You can apply the same principle to so many things. And, and the, the thing I really want to emphasize is you didn't suffer in silence. You reached out. You got help. Mm-hmm. Um, you felt stupid. You felt humbled a little <laughs> bit, I'm sure. But you learned. And we're yeah. still here talking today, and you're not just missing somewhere. So yeah. I, I think oftentimes, metaphorically, I've seen service members, especially because of pride, they won't reach out for help in whatever stressful state they're in. And then they really are literally lost, (laughs) literally lost. Have you come across any scenarios like that? I mean, you're in the fleet now. You're Mm -hmm. in the operating forces. You're a guy in the barracks, man. How how is day-to-day life like in in the barracks and seeing the other service members around you and tying to the things that we're talking about right now and being lost? Do you know any lost individuals? I do, actually. So um, I I have a friend of mine, right, who is not stationed here, where I'm at, but he's in another station, also in Japan, uh, Okinawa, right? And he is, I've known him since like middle school. Like I've met, I've known this guy like pretty much my whole life. And when I, when we both, like when I joined, he joined and we both just ended up going in the same field of aviation. That's uh, what my uh, occupation field is. So like airplanes and stuff like that? What is aviation? So big word. So you you work with aircraft, got it. Yeah, aircraft, yep. So then um, uh, he recently actually just got stationed in the the fleet as well about, um, I came here before he, or I got into the fleet before he did, but he, he's still pretty new, but he's, uh, he's been here for a hot minute now, but he's definitely like, a lost individual, as you would describe it, because um, I've known this man for a while, and he rarely ever asks for like help at all. Like not just in like in the military, but just life in general. Life in general, exactly. Life. Like yeah. life in general. He, like I ask him, hey, like are you good? And then he'll just either just stonewall it up or something, or he'll just not say anything or just dodge the question, beat around the bush, as you call it, you know, mm-hmm. and. It's funny because um, I I've just he's always been like that. I've ever since like I found out why he's like that. Um, I've been just trying to get to him and trying to help him out, right? But he just doesn't. He just doesn't. He just refuses. As far as I don't. As far as I. Uh, as far as why I am not sure. Yeah. And it feels. 
it's not it doesn't feel bad for me considering I, even though I've known him for like a long time I'm sure a lot of people um, would be upset that hey I've known you for like ten years right, and right. you're not telling me this like this this, this this stuff right so but for me like when it comes to those certain topics it's just hard to talk about and I can understand that and, but and when you say those topics well, this is this is called real resilience talk I mean I'm not saying it's specific to to your friend's mm -hmm. business but when it, are we talking about like wellness and mental health and trauma and things like that or are we just talking about something else we just don't want to talk about <laughs> no yeah so uh, mental health is definitely one thing that the these topics that we talk about mental health his well-being um just hit just him not wanting to open up like he's a very closed off person okay he's a very pessimistic person and we're like almost complete opposites in that so like just him just com like not complaining but just expressing how much he doesn't like his situation of what he's in of i don't know what situation he's talking about but um just him being very pessimistic and having a bad outlook on life. And I've always just wanted to try and get to him about that. Yeah. But it's just. And, and some people are just like that by nature, right? Like, mm -hmm. not, And nobody's saying you have to walk around and say, hi, everybody, all bubbly and everything. That's, <laughs> I mean, everyone has a different personality type. Some people are just bubbly on the inside. They just don't have, a, they just have a really shitty way of showing it on the outside, <laughs> right? Um, but to each their own on that. We're, we're not advocating yeah. that everybody has to be some walk around just super happy. Like, what's the guy off Lego movie? Uh, everything is awesome. Everything is yeah. awesome. We're not, we're not, yeah. nobody's saying that, but to, to say that, okay, just this is, this fits into a lot of people. It, you look at things negatively, you compound things, you don't open up to others. It sounds like potentially can deal with a lot of shit. And, and I'm glad you brought this up because it, it brings to a point where I think we talked about it during Oscar. Um, if you don't deal with your shit, your shit can deal with you mm. and now you got some real shit right <laughs> um so we have to put that somewhere and, and hopefully your friend and, and any of us listening i'm sure we all have friends like that or you yourself or I, i've been like that before where i've closed off right mm -hmm. and it, it shut me down man it did um that's how i'm wired some people they go internal to seek things but what are some things that you do in your life, because I, I see you're a very positive individual. You've been successful so far. <laughs> I, I tried to, you know. Well, hey, <laughs> that's that's the key, right? Whether, whether <laughs> I want to be here or not, you shouldn't know the difference, and that's called professionalism and just, you know, because we all know how to act, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But what are some things that you do to find outlets and find things to do? And I am teeing up uh, one of the most healthy outlets. That, <laughs> that, that's how we actually met was uh, – so what are the things you do to, to, to release and to put thing put that energy somewhere? Because if you don't deal with that shit, it deals with you. So 100%. So, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. So, yeah, I'll, the first thing I'll bring up is uh, one of these um, events that uh, the guy that I'm talking to right now actually hosts. Uh, it's called Open Mic Night. Open Mic? Open Mic, yeah. So uh, it's pretty much just an event where you just go to, like, a public staging area or situation, scenario, whatever you want to call it, yep. and you just do whatever the hell you want. You can sing, you can you can read poetry, you can read quotes, you can do anything you can think of that you think will entertain people, or even you just want to just entertain yourself. It doesn't even have to entertain other that's people. That's true, that's true. It, it could just be, hey, I want to sit here and talk about a story, a funny story that I want to share with all you guys, 
You're like it's not like as you as you say multiple times at the beginning of your show, it's not a talent show. It's not a talent show. I, a, talent a lot of show. people don't understand that. <laughs> it's really just a way for us to come together, express ourselves. Like again, that outlet, and we all support and defend our constitution, which speaks on that First Amendment. So why don't we use it a little bit, right? As long mm. as we're not saying anything that's going to cause uh, you know any hate or divisiveness, and we're obviously <laughs> not speaking on behalf of the profession that we're in. But we speak honestly and express ourselves. And man, wow. <laughs> you, you realize there's a lot of people putting on faces and they're really, really hurting. And you don't know it until they get up there and they express it. And you go, mm -hmm. damn, go, wow, wow, man, I'd have never guessed. And that's not to dog them or to judge them. It's just to say, hey, man, like Robin Williams said, everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. Mm -hmm. So be kind, right? Yes, sir. Um, how is that? I'm not I'm really not trying to promote the open mic or anything <laughs> like that. But like, hey, isn't open mic awesome? But how has that helped you in your time? Because we started that back in September. We're now in April. Um, I think yeah. you started coming around around Octoberish, Novemberish, or whatever. But and and this is an awesome singer right here, a talented <laughs> songwriter, can cover anything. What was the instrument you played the other night? He plays uh, guitar. Uh, and what, yeah. What was uh, she played? Uh, kalimba. A kalimba. I, I can't even spell that shit. <laughs> like he played a kalimba and then he did the last Avatar song. Like yep. right there. Mm -hmm. I mean. Just, it, it's so reassuring to me, and, and I'm a nerd, right? And, and I like the arts, but it's, it's reassuring to me that, that this younger generation of the next generation that's coming up in, into our military, that you're not just sitting around in the barracks, drinking, feeling sorry for yourself, hating life, going internal. You're actually taking some of your pain, and I've heard you express it publicly, and sharing it <laughs> on the open mic and, and through that. How has that helped you in these last few months? Uh, it's, it's just helped me, um, just learn how to learn how to deal with things like that, you know, like, I feel like when it comes to just expressing pain or like just any emotion, really, you just saying it and talking about it and knowing that other people like feel what you feel and get, get in that kind of like brotherhood sort of Ooh, emotion. That's that's so real. It's, uh, it's definitely reassuring that, you know. It's it's nice reassuring to know that you know you're not alone in it. You are not alone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying out for open mic next week. Uh, you on the Michael Jackson song. Yeah, exactly. You know, so yes, yeah, so for real. Like you're not alone, and just knowing that and being reassured of that, because I feel like a lot of people just need reassurance half the time. Like, That's true. People don't even ask for it sometimes. But if I were just to be reassured without even being asked or told, like. It's a good feeling, and that's one of the things that really helps is just knowing that people are there and they understand it and that, you know, it's it's just how life is, you know, sometimes. And that's okay. Like, honestly, just life, it, life just it is what it is sometimes. And you can just deal with the cards you're played with and just try to make the most of it. Like, life is too short to be, like, be stuck on something or hold a grudge on something for too long, so. That is very true. And half the time, <clears throat> um, we, we really, one of the things that was so, oh, just liberating for me, to be honest, I had a mentor of mine, Mark, 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 I call him Burt Sugar because he just called, the fight just happened. He called that, <laughs> he called that Davis was going to knock Garcia out. And I was like, nah, man, I think if it goes to the cars, but this guy's an awesome boxing mind, but also a prolific uh, advice giver and just a great human, but he, I was young and I was really wrapped up about stuff and he explained to me stoicism. He explained to me what Epictetus talks about, about the circle of control and the circle of things you can't control. And when you just talked about grudges and you talked about bitterness and just those negative feelings, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, I'm trying to paraphrase here. Yeah. But 
oftentimes people are focused on things we can't control and um, and, and then they allow those things to control them. And that's not to be naive or to be a sociopath. It's just to be able, to, what he taught me was to disconnect. And I'm not great at it. I mean, we all get wrapped around the axle sometimes on things, but I think if we stay in that muck and if we stay focused on things we can't control, which are grudges, which is the past, which is kind of the way that things are, if you can't change it, man, change your attitude, right? Mm -hmm. um, how, do you know of people uh, that, you know, because, I mean, you're, you're of the younger demographic here, right? <laughs> and I, I know how I felt. I was, in, I was in that before, and I had a negative-ass outlook, and I was just like, I fucking hate it. And everybody was like, oh, I can't wait to get out. But, like, six months ago, they were like, yay, I'm in this now. And, and that, that, that puppy dog love for this organization, what we do, wears off. Mm -hmm. And how do you, I mean, you do the arts. You're an awesome musician. You're an awesome singer. You're a talent, man. I'm not just trying to kiss up to you. I'm being honest. Like, you're, you're outstanding. Um, for those that don't have those, though, and you know, man, you look in the quad, you see the fucking smoke pit philosophers out there all night long, right? Like, I love that. Well, it's the smoke pit philosophy. Is it, is, it, is it the truth? <laughs> is it the truth or is it the truth, right? And trust me, I was right there, right? I'm not saying there's something wrong with sitting out in the smoke pit. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with having a good time. But yeah. how many people, what's the average hobby? Uh, drinking, like okay. smoking. Like for like just for people in general? No, I mean like in in, in the organization that we're oh, okay. the, the younger people. What you just you, you said it. It's drinking. Yeah, yeah, honestly, yeah. I like I'll my friend who's in, in a station in Okinawa. He drinks uh, pretty often. Like it's not bad, but he drinks often. And every day, like on the weekend, either when it's on Friday, Saturday, or even today on a Sunday, I always will see at nights that just people living it up and just people yelling i remember yeah actually yeah last night <laughs> i heard some people yelling in the quad and i'm like what the hell's going on down there <laughs> right but uh yeah like, they were just playing tag they're <laughs> who at, knows at 1 30 in the morning right yeah exactly <laughs> who knows it was pretty late at night but that's what people do i mean obviously that's there's nothing bad about just gatherings you know i, right, I, right. I encourage those it's just um i feel like i would argue that um, drinking with other people, I think, would is is healthier than drinking by yourself. That's true. That I mean, that's that that's well said. Um, and I've, most people start off with others, and then mm -hmm. you know, you're by yourself, and hey, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, who knows? Like, hey, I drink too. I'm I'm a cat, but I'm a, like a casual drinker. Like after two drinks, I'm like I'm all right, I'm done. I remember yesterday, like after my second one, I was like, oh, I actually feel kind of sick. I feel like my heart's gonna stop. And for anybody listening, you're like, he's 20. How can he? How can? How is it that he can drink? What is what is this thing? Why, how can you drink here, sir? Uh, uh well, if for those who don't know, the legal drinking age in Japan is 20 years old. Bam. So yeah. he ain't breaking no rules, y'all. No yeah. rules. No rules. No rules are being broken. And his friend that does it too, guess what? He's not breaking any rules either. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's I, the same age as me. So there it is, folks. So anybody here is like, oh my God, we got an allegation here. Uh, there's <laughs> under. Nope, 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 nope. We're in yeah. Japan, folks. In Japan. Um, but at the same time, if that is your only vice, if that is your only outlet, um, you're not learning how to cope with things and how to weather the storms of life. If that is the only thing that you seek to, to have fun with. Um, and sadly, that. How, is that a comment? I know, it, man. We didn't have Bluetooth speakers back then, but getting <laughs> getting drunk in the barracks and having some computer speakers with a disc man, um, that was like uh, every day, if not every weekend thing, and yeah. it never really did anything much else. Um, it was it was more mm -hmm. or less like the drinking was all about it, and it's so woven into our culture. And I speak on it a lot because when it comes to mental wellness, 
um, alcohol can be a depressant. It is a stimulant for some people, believe it or not. Oh yeah. But it, a lot of times, when people have death by suicide, when people have suicidal ideations, when people have suicidal attempts, it is in line with and correlating with a night of drinking. It's just a fact, and it's just you're six to seven times more likely to have suicidal behavior in general, uh, if if that's the case. And I know for us out here in Iwakuni that there's a 60% reduction in, al in suicidal symptoms of anybody once alcohol is removed. And that, that's, again, I'm not trying to say it causes it, but what I am trying to stress is, and why I have this guest on here today, an awesome example is, and it might be the gym, it may be, I don't care if it's drawing, art, volunteering, getting outside of the spaces that you're in, he takes his energy, and yes, he does also consume adult beverages, as he legally is able to. <laughs> He's, it's legal, y'all, yeah. he's 20, right? All right, but on the same note, that's not the only thing, the only vice that he has, the only thing that he puts his time and effort and energy into, and he puts it in other places, and that's what I really want people to understand is the healthy outlets, healthy outlets, and I wish I'd understood it when I was younger because I think I wasted a lot of time, and I, I go back to Bruce Lee, who you know I reference a whole lot, but <laughs> if you love life, then don't waste time, for time is what life is made up of, and when you're just inebriated and intoxicated all of the time, uh, I'd argue um, you, you spend a lot of money to piss a whole <laughs> lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think Jay-Z even said it in a song. He said, I spent all this money on Ace of Spades just to piss it out. Like, you know, and, and it's a God's honest truth, but I'm not saying that it needs to be illegal that led to NASCAR and, and to fucking gangster movies. But I, I, want, I want young individuals, I want all individuals to try to find other outlets, other escapes. Um, there are other things here around here that you can do. You found one in open mic, open yep. mic night we do. What are some other things that you do to keep yourself in tune and keep yourself performing at the high level that you do? Because I know we don't speak specifics for OPSEC reasons, but I know that you are in a highly operational position um, and there's a lot of things going on out here uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can Google that or you can watch it on the news. So we're not saying anything anybody doesn't know, but we're right at the tip of the spear and this man's right at the tip of the tip of the tip of the spear. So. <laughs> And, and that's and, and I commend you for it, and I thank you for your service, and it takes a village and all that we do, but that takes a toll on people. Y your friends, your, your fellow comrades at the Bricks are putting in a lot of fucking hours, are they not? Oh, 100%, you know, like, like, e like even our squadron, like, we, I feel like we work a lot. Uh, the hours are pretty long, like, days will last... 10 plus hours. At shout the out most. to the government for being smart to give us salaries and not hourly wages. <laughs> that was very smart play, uh, yeah, ma'am and sirs. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, I'm sure like it, in other squadrons around, I'm, I mean, I haven't been in long enough to been there, but uh, I've been, I've visited enough people and know enough people in different stations to get an idea of also what they're like. Your op tempo is like. at a different level, right? Op tempo is at a different level. Their off tempo is like, not what yours is. Like exactly. Yeah, we'll just put it like that, folks. And off tempo <laughs> is like a is like a hard working day for them or something. Yeah. Uh, or. And that's a Wednesday for you. Yeah, exactly. Or a Saturday, right? Yeah, they're hard. They're hard day. Or sometimes, exactly. Yeah, they'll we'll just be working on the weekend just because that's what the mission calls for. Exactly, and that's what we do. And like, I, I'll see. I'll bring up my friend a lot, but he's an, also an Okie, but he actually has a much bigger and longer workload than I do. Uh, I don't know how true that is, but I only have his side to go off of. <laughs> but, and you know, I, I just, if I, if I heard it, I'm like, you know, I believe it, considering oh, sure, my yeah. time here and my experience um, is something similar, something I could relate to, is 
just I, I just believe it just because I feel like when there's like an idea out there that this happens a lot and uh, not just in here in our squadron but I feel like if someone were to tell me from another squadron and uh, another part of the world in America maybe that hey this is what our thing is like uh, and it's like oh yeah that's either it's gonna be less or it's gonna be more I don't know but usually if if they tell me, hey, yeah, our workload is blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. That's, you know, that makes sense. It could be like, we work 24 hours a day. And I'm like, all right, yeah, I 100% believe that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's just... That's, that's good. I mean, you got to take people at, the, at their word value. But the mm-hmm. fact of the matter is, you and your peers and a lot of us out here are working very hard. And that's whether they're military, civilian, or their families. And, and I draw on that and I, I emphasize that because it takes a toll on people, right? And, and... I bring up the subject of healthy outlets because what do you do with that energy, mm-hmm. with that monotony build, the, the monotonous buildup that is in, it, it's just a part of what we do, right? It can get rigorous, and that's what we signed up for, and that's how we support and defend our Constitution. Yeah. But I also bring it up to say, if you're not taking care of yourself, the you that you are at that mission, at that job, can you... Can you honestly say that you're being the best version of yourself or you're being the best service member or the best spouse or the best person that you can be if you are also taken away from yourself by having negative outlets? What say you to that? Hmm. Let's see. So... Like I'm trying to under, I'm trying to understand the question a that bit. That was a long ass thing. Yeah. Just Sorry. <laughs> no, it's but good. I'm, I'm, I just, I'm just trying to understand the question a bit. Yeah, I'm just trying to say that it takes a toll on people and when people have negative outlets, and that is their outlet, that is their vice, okay. how does that work out? And how um, they perform? How they perform? You see it, you know people, that that's all they do. Yeah. They go to work, they grind, and then they get fucked up, <laughs> and they chase social media all day, mm-hmm. right? Or they play video games, and then mm-hmm. they get fucked up again, and then they go to work again. And it's just a cycle. Okay, so, you know, how's that math adding up? Uh, well, I just think that with with that cycle of just grind, uh, get fucked up, uh, play video games, whatever, re- rinse and repeat, on and so on, f- so forth, right? I feel like eventually, like you get to a point, like probably around like the three month, four month mark, where you're just like, God damn, this shit's boring. And then eventually, you believe that's the only thing you can do. Uh-huh. You feel like you're convinced that oh, this is the only thing you can do. This is the only thing that I can do to make me feel a certain way. This is the only way I can escape work or escape the rigorous routines that my workload has to offer or whatever right yeah but i feel like at that point that cycle like that i feel like you're very in a, in a very closed box gotcha. where you're just um you're just stuck in this like oh i need to do this now or i'm gonna go do this because this is what i always do or every weekend it's like okay it's a weekend time to go do this and then it honestly it kind of I feel like it's very deteriorating for their mental health. A wear and tear. Wear and tear, just yeah. because it's like for me doing something this, this the same thing over and over again. Like go to work, doing sometimes it's just the same thing. Repetitiveness. Okay. Oh yeah, we gotta go fix this part of the aircraft. Or all right, uh, it's it's a slow day. Or oh, you clean the shop every single time. Cl- take out the trash. <laughs> you know, get yelled at eventually. It's like Groundhog Day kind of thing. Exactly, it's like, Groundhog thing. It's like oh okay, what's 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 the new bullshit today? You know. The new bullshit today. What's yeah? What's 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 new? What's yeah. what's gonna cause me some more issues today? <laughs> <laughs> you know. I, I, I you know, and this is where I, we, I know we have talked about this before about 
and that's and that's what I was getting at earlier about we fixate on when we first joined the military, like the boot camp side of it and the initial stage of it, right? Mm-hmm. And we get through boot camp, and this is why I, I loved that we had leaders in, in our course specifically, but this is applicable to all of the military. Like we never really made it, but we focus so much on the beginning portion of it, but the bulk of everything that we do is the rest of it. Like if you just think the average person's gonna, the government's gonna get like four years out of everybody. Mm-hmm. Boot camp's 13 weeks long in the Marine Corps. You took that off the top, the 208 weeks, right? Four, four times 52. 195 weeks is what you just described. Yeah. It's, is, is that monotonous day to day because that's what we're here for. We're here to do a certain occupation, a certain job to fulfill a certain mission for wherever it is that they see fit that we be at. And that's what we do. Mm-hmm. But I, I think we, we have this transformative experience, this thing that essentially fills us up and keeps us so fulfilled and you're chasing this thing and earning the title Marine or sailor or soldier or airman, all of that, right? And then you get to the real operating forces and you can eventually feel as though you're just a cog in the wheel. And this is where I, I try to emphasize that people have to continue to challenge themselves. Now that is also not to say, and please don't ever hear me wrong, that because I'm describing um, those who choose permanent solutions for temporary problems in, in the form of death by suicide or having a call related incident. I'm not trying to victim blame by any means or say, hey man, if you'd have just had a better hobby, that wouldn't happen. Not at all, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but I am saying that going down these dark alleys, going down these monotonous downward spirals of our, what our vices may be and not having healthy outlets, well, no shit. <laughs> like we, we get into these positions to where we make bad decisions or seek permanent solutions for temporary problems. And my whole thing in making this is, is to let people know, and I'm glad you said it earlier, hey, you're not alone, and these outlets can make a difference because I'm sitting next to an individual who keeps his shit together for the most part. Um, <laughs> you, you do. I, I, I've seen you perform at work. I've heard of you. I've, I've, you're in here doing the job day to day. You have a smile on your face. You're not all bubbly. You're not fucking, what, what was his name, Evan? Yeah, Evan from Lego Movie. <laughs> you're not everything is awesome. <laughs> But you you have Kevin, that's right. Besides the open mic, what are some other things that that you do? Because I know people could be out there. Uh, people are probably tired of me saying the coaching and things like that. But what's some other things that you do to keep yourself fulfilled and to keep that transformation, that that growth con- continuing, and not just feeling like for that 195 weeks or whatever your week count comes out to be. <laughs> I think mine's in the thousands now, um, two thousand, three thousands. I don't know, oh, no. but uh, <laughs> it's been a long time. Yeah. What are some things you do to keep yourself fulfilled, bro? Uh, volunteer events. So for those who don't know, there's a, there's a program that the Marine Corps offers. Uh, it's called the Single Marine Program. And S- pretty much... S- they have a SMP. acronym, right? Yeah. Oh, here's one more acronym for y'all folks. SMP. S- there you go. SMP. That, it's, I love the SMP. Shout out to the SMP because y'all are all fucking awesome, you know? So Single Marine Program. So it's pretty much a program dedicated to single Marines, unaccompanied service members, if you want to be fancy, uh, just to... Have events, um, a place where just you can go to and just they just offer so many services. They can like offer what? you. Don't y'all have like a, your own gym and shit? That like yeah. well, married people specific. ain't allowed to be there <laughs> unless you. Uh, we just but you said unaccompanied. So unaccompanied. those who are married who are over here, we call them geographical bachelors. They're over here on unaccompanied, so they're stationed away from their family. I'm trying to make this understandable to everyone out there. You're like, yeah, no shit. I know <laughs> yeah. you're like that. Yeah. But so so those who are straight on paper single and those who may be married but are out here by themselves. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, 
obviously every SMP building is different. Not even every base has an SMP building. I've been told. I remember actually my friend is stationed in Okinawa. They don't have an SMP building, and I'm like, ain't no way. That's yeah. crazy. Or maybe but he just doesn't know of it because he doesn't know of his resources. That's potentially, true. Potentially, potentially, don't know. who don't knows? Know. Yeah. But uh, I know that um, every building that the SMP has is different. But pretty much in a generalized term of what they do, they just have events for single Marines to just, I feel like it's just to show them that, hey, there's something to do. Something to do. And that's sometimes what all of us need is yeah. just something to exactly. fucking do. So they, they'll have every event. They, they have like, like trading card game nights. You know, for those uh, people like myself who play like card games like Yu-Gi-Oh, Magic the Gathering, or like any of those Pokemon, Pokemon, you know? Right, right. They have those events. They they host them at their building, and you could just go and hit, and you can, maybe you can meet some new people. Connection. Connection. Community. 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 Builds a community. It's a lovely community. That's another thing that they do, you know? It's not just an event or, hey, this is something you could do. You get with those things to do and similar interests, it builds a community for everyone in that community, right? right? So your community could be video games, your community could be trading card games, your community could be music, your community could be like customer service. All about you know? getting swole, bro. All about, All getting about swole. going to the gym by the horse nest and getting <laughs> swole as fuck, bro. Exactly, you know, there's gym There's gym events. They have like a, I think it's a thousand pound club or something it was called. Yeah, so I'm saying, so there's, there's options exactly. for healthy outlets. Just, I don't know why we all wearing so many little ass shorts on this base, dude. <laughs> Dudes in little shorts, man. Well, I don't know what the fuck is going on around here, but I don't know if it's a thing everywhere else. But out here in Japan right now, man, these younger fellows <laughs> are wearing it. a lot of little shorts. Uh, I just didn't know fucking 1983 was back, but here we are, okay? <laughs> so shout out to those doing squats in little shorts. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you all. Yeah. Uh, but th that's their healthy outlet. They At least they're doing that and not something else. And I, I hope it didn't sound like I was shitting on video games. I love video games. You know, I love them. Hell yeah. Um, been playing them my whole life. But if all I do is play fucking video games, mm -hmm. how's that going to work out? I mean, eventually you'll just get bored of the same game or you'll just try and find that new game that doesn't exist yet, right? Ooh, chasing things you can't control. Exactly. <laughs> oh, shit, what's that? You know what I mean? And, and I, just, I just want our, our younger people especially, but I think all of us, man, we all need to find some healthy things to fucking do. And it's so cool that the SMP has. And I know y'all have, like, guest speakers come in sometimes too. Yeah. And y'all do trips too, right? Oh yeah, well, there's at least uh, one or uh, yeah, there's usually one big trip, like every month. So I think the last one was uh, the Shikoyama Castle. I think it was called. I don't remember. <laughs> Forgive me if I butchered that, but um, they do have uh, it's a castle trips. in Japan. Everybody, it's a castle in Japan. I don't know where it is. <laughs> I always fuck up the you know the, the pronunciation, but yeah. But usually. They'll have one trip, one big trip to like some part of Japan, like whether it's uh, the Hiroshima Castle or the Hiroshima Shrines, uh, all the different uh, places in Japan that you can go visit to. The S&P hosts those trips, uh, usually on the weekends too, so you usually could fit into people's schedule unless you want to, unless you're too busy gaming it up or getting fucked up, you know, but... Yeah. Hey. Hey, and it's that's something that, to do. Is that a fact though? We have that. Shout out to AFN. They have some fucking hilarious commercials. I don't want to say. I don't want to name anybody on here, but they AFN. Y'all know who y'all are. You know I love y'all, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they got some funny ass commercials. They had one. They were like, "Hey, Devil Dog, you just came back from Japan. Did you do 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 do? Did you go to Fuji? Did you do this? Did it?" He's like, "Nah, I just stayed on the air station to play video games most of the time." Yeah, and it's fucking true, man. That's, that's you true. go to a foreign land, right? The 
farthest in the Pacific. That, well, not, I don't know. All right. Somebody with a map is going to be like, this guy's a fucking idiot. <laughs> anyway, look, you're, you're way far away from America, okay? Yeah. You're serving your country, and you sat in the fucking barracks and played video games for fucking three years, for real? But yeah, wow. Like, and, then you were, and then you were also like, and I'm fucking depressed. Well, no yeah, fucking well, well, shit. Goddamn. I mean, it's, it, honestly, if you weren't depressed, maybe there's a problem because that's some pretty depressing <laughs> shit. You know, and I, and I heard that. I think I heard Dr. Phil. He was talking one time. He was on Rogan. He was like, yeah, Dr. He, Dr. Phil. Oh, Dr. Phil, man. Oh. But, <laughs> it, it, but he was talking about somebody was like, hey, I'm married and I got divorced and I got money problems and I lost my job and I'm fucking depressed. And he was like, well, you should be. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, because if you weren't, maybe you're a sociopath and that would not be good, right? So yeah. sometimes if we do the math, like CBT, cognitively break down things, we can get some answers. Now, that is not to say, that depression and, and mental illness is not something caused by certain things not you know just functioning right. I I, I put it in my damn PHA every time I take one. Bad wiring. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just bad. Got bad wiring, right? Who knows? But you you have to understand yourself, get to know yourself. But I like what you yeah. said about S and P and some of those things. You said this earlier, and I loved it. Sometimes all we need in that moment is just a little bit of reassurance. Yeah. And when you say that, what things do we need to be reassured in? Um, one big thing for me to be just reassured about is that, um, you're not the only one, you know? I mean, obviously, it, I'm not, to, I'm not saying that to just be like, oh, you're not special, or you're not like, and not, I'm not trying to make it sound like demeaning or I'm condescending. I'm going to say it for him, man. Hey, that's a problem with our society today. <laughs> Everybody's important. Nobody's fucking special. All right. I just want to say that. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm not saying it to be <laughs> condescending or demeaning. It's just, I, I'm saying it in a, you're not alone in a more comforting, uh, empath empathetic way. Yes. So yes. like. Hey, like you, you're dealing with this thing. You're like you're dealing with depression, or you're dealing with this mental illness, or you're just not feeling good. Sometimes you're just not feeling good, you know. And it's like, hey, yeah, my guy, like, I feel you, man. Whether I'm dealing with it right now, or I maybe I haven't dealt with it, but I just want to know. I want you to know that I'm there for you, Period. and I want you to, and I want to be there for you when you need it the most. And that's the kind of person that I like to be for people, you know. Yeah. Be that friend you need, right? Exactly. I want the friend that I wanted when I, well, at the time I did have the people I, I wanted to have. But I want to be the people, or the person rather, that people don't have when they're, like, just in a dark place and yeah. they feel like they're isolated. They need a, they're in like a dark corner and they just want to hide away from the world, right? I want to be there for people, you know. When you do that, though, how does that make you feel? So you're the, and I'm not saying you're the one that's hurt in this situation, but you're the one trying to be a help or you're being there for somebody. What, mm -hmm. is that, what is that? Does that have any effect on you? So it does. It gives me, like, a purpose. Oh. It gives me, like, a drive to want to be there for people. Yeah. Like, because I feel like a lot of people, like, when it, when it comes to just finding what what I need to do to make myself happy or to make myself feel good about myself or to just be happy in life is just purpose. purpose. And a purpose that I like to have is to be there for people when they need it the most. And whenever I find those people, like whenever I'm just walking by just to go to the exchange and just, hey, I, I see this guy, he's struggling, or this guy doesn't look like he's having a good day, let me do something for him. Or even if I'm just passing by duty, you know? <laughs> it's like, hey, I know- I saw, you in the, I saw you in the store the other yeah, day at the Northside PX, you were like, <laughs> I was like, what are you doing here? You was like, oh, I got a friend on duty and I'm getting him something. You were getting him energy drink, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, I was. Did you, re you receive from that though, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm alluding to, not to be snarky, but when you go external and you help others, it helps you. 100%. Does it not? And, and I know that, but that, I think that's why, 
you know, the Marine Corps specifically when it comes to leadership principles or our leadership traits. We all know JJ did tie buckle. <laughs> JJ but, did tie buckle. But that's, <laughs> hey man, they put unselfishness on there for a reason. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I think there's there's freedom and there's liberation found in doing for others and being that friend. I, I, I've said this before on here that Maya Angelou said one time to her, her son, he was having trouble making friends. And she said the best way to make a friend is to be a friend. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you do that and it gives you that external purpose. And I'm actually going through these notes right now because um, there's an article on from the American Psychological Association, the APA. <laughs> Anybody who takes college knows that fucking acronym, APA, real well. Because that's uh, how you have to cite all your fucking papers and shit. Uh, <laughs> But there's an article called Building Your Resilience on there. And mm. one of the topics that they talk about and how to build it, they, they emphasize that it's just like a muscle. Like, we can't just do one workout and expect to stay in shape. That's, you're fucking high. You can't just eat one healthy meal and expect to have a healthy body. It's not gonna happen like that. You have to continue to build upon that and continue to sustain. But another thing they say on here is to reach out and to help others. And when, it, it says in here as, as something as small as you know, volunteering at a homeless shelter can give someone that sense of purpose, right? But like you said, the volunteer network, um, you can do that with SMP. Mm -hmm. You can do that. I know at USO, they always need people to help out. Yeah. They, they always need people to help out. With the local chapel here, it doesn't have to be for religious reason, but they do a lot of good things for people. You can go talk to a chaplain whenever. Mm -hmm. um, there, They need kids, people to help out with the Iwana programs they help, they have, but they also need people to help uh, fix the... the, the um, the lending locker, the food locker they have, and things like that. There are just ways to get outside of yourself and to potentially help others. It could just be something as simple as what I saw you doing the other day, man. <laughs> At the Northside Seven Day, that shit gets wild over there. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah. The, the attire that people come into there is not appropriate at all. Um, but I'm not going to be that guy. But um, you were in the inappropriate civilian attire, so thank you for that. And you were getting a beverage for somebody. And then it's a small fucking thing, man. But when you're on duty, 24-hour post, <laughs> yeah. man, an energy just drink, sucks, yeah. it just fucking helps so much, man. Yeah, it does. Um, and I'm not trying to be like, well, then I gave him a lollipop, and then he was happy. And guess what? I was happy, too. <laughs> I'm not trying to come off like that. But my whole point is that when you give, you receive. So there's, there's ways mm -hmm. to get outside of that room. Um, even trauma you've been through. You, you alluded to earlier, I'm not going to dig. It, it's all voluntary as far as the information we're going to divulge. But you said that when you were going through something, you now look back on that and say you want to be the person that you needed at that time. Yeah. So I could bring it up right now if, uh, if you don't mind. No, you, it's, it's totally voluntary, man. <laughs> Everything we speak on here, this is why we call it real talk. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. So this is, this is going to be a long story. Well, I'll try and sum it up as much as I can. But it's a very, um, I think it's a very good story, like, especially for this occasion, this, in this situation of resiliency, because I feel like this story that I'm about to uh, describe kind of describes that and gives an example as to why it's so important. And it's a big example. It's, um, it really defines like um, resiliency like just in its own way. And uh, I'm not saying it now, but like it's this is something that happened to me and it's uh it's it's a very sensitive topic and it's it's very sometimes it might be hard to listen to but um it's it's definitely something that helped me and it's it's brought me to where I am now today and I'm better now because of it I'm still here now because of it so all right yeah so um this the story so this happened actually when I first came here back in October. I originally came in in October, right? And I was 
I was having a good time. I was like, oh, wow, yeah, I'm in Japan. This is great. And finally got to my squadron, right? And uh, it, it was just, in short term, like, I could speed to run through it. But, like, in the gist of it, it was just a lot of it. I'm not saying any of this, any of this to, like, say how bad um, certain things that squ other squadrons do. But it's just my experience personally. I'm not saying any other, like, external uh, gotcha, man. It's real talk. Y'all know what yeah. it means. He's not saying anything specific to anybody, but he's explaining his truth, his experience. Yeah, my experience. Exactly. Thank you for saying that. So pretty much um, my experience was just me going in, first checking in, and just have, trying to just figure things out. And I, though in, in the short term, I can explain it. It just felt like I was just thrown to the wolves. Mm. Where it was just like, all right, here's your, here's your, here's your shit. All right, let's go. Here's all the other places you need to go to. All right, here you go. And now you got to be at this place at this time. You need to go to this place. Oh, yeah, don't forget to go to this place. This is very important. But this place is also very important. I'm like, oh, Jesus Fuck, Christ. Fuck, everything's fucking important? Like, what do you mean? Yeah, everything's fucking important. And I'm like, I'm only one person. It's like I feel like I have to do it every single – especially with that, like, uh, what I like to describe is Marine Corps mindset of, hey, you get something you need to do. All right, you have to do it now. And that – I need to do it now with like 50 different things. <laughs> I need to do it now. It's like, God damn, all right, I gotta do everything in one day. It just depends on what was the source of telling you, like uh -huh. what, what the important thing was. <laughs> For real. It's like, okay, who's more important? My, like my this rank or this rank, you know? Yes, it's true, it's true. So, but um, that's pretty much how it went. So then, um, then we fast forward a bit to like November-ish, and I get to a point where I, I'm already not feeling too well. I'm already not feeling too mentally good, mentally stable. It's it's kind of overwhelming now at this point. But um, I was pretty much almost done with like our our because like our, our sheets, our check-in sheet is like it's like a bunch of like things. That tons you need to, of tons of little tons boxes. Tons of little you boxes. Need to get shitty initials in, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> shitty sh signatures, right? And I was almost done with it, and I was like, okay, this is important. This is what I need to do now. But then I was. I remember the day still. It was uh, um, November 8th, um, right? And I was, it was a Monday, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go bring my uh, check-in sheet. And then I came in, and I was like, oh, wait, I forgot it, right? And I'm like, oh, shit. So then I let my leadership know, and then I was like, okay, go get it back. And then I went to go get it back, and then I find out that I lost it. Oh. I, I couldn't find it, you know? And I was like, Shh, well, fuck. Just remember, we're still in the 1700s with check-in sheets. So yeah. <laughs> if you lost that, it's like, uh, yeah. What, what are you? What are you now? You, you're not checked into shit. Yeah, you know, I'm, I, now it's like a bunch of other things. And like I said, I was already going through. A, I was already going through a, a bad day. Like that day, I just woke up feeling really bad. And like the check-in sheet in itself was the stressor for me. And I was like, oh, I need to get this done. And like I was just not feeling too well. And so, all right, so th this, is, this is the breaking point. So, like, at that moment when I lost my check-in sheet, um, I, so, like I said, I wasn't feeling too well. I wasn't feeling very good, like, mentally at all. I was already feeling pretty shitty. And then just the nonstop buildup of all that stress on top of the check-in and just me not being good was just the breaking point for me. So then... So, I had um, Xanax sleeping pills that originally was used to help me sleep, right? But 
for me, it was a very impulsive thing to do. It was a very, I say this again, it was a very impulsive thing to do. I'm not saying I did it because of whatever reason. I'm not doing it because the Marine Corps made me do it or because the government made, or I believe like other things that like, it was my own decision. Right, it was right. a very impulsive decision, right? And I just took all of them. Holy shit. I took all of them. And like, I think I was, it was like 30 pills or something, right? So then I like, it's funny cause I looked at the mirror in my room at the, in my barracks and I was just like, holy shit, I actually did that. I like stared at the mirror for like, like five minutes. And then I just, I think I actually went to the seven day and I got, um, cause I thought, oh like, <laughs> it's, this is dark to say, but I remember I looked up, does uh, sleeping, can sleeping pills make you overdose? So, yes, it was a it was a suicide attempt, right? And I went to the seven day and actually got some Tylenol and I took some of those. And then after that, all the, after all was done, I just went back to work like nothing ever fucking happened. And it's funny because uh, like I'm gonna bring it back to why I got medivaced. So I got off the bus. There's a bus that goes around our station, and I got off the bus, and I was just. I was I got up and I was like oh I'm feeling a little woozy, and then I like stumbled off the bus a bit, and then I the I think there was a marine I don't I don't know their name, uh, but um, <laughs> whoever that was thank you very much you probably saved my life, <laughs> but um, there was I just stumbled and I they said hey you good and then I just just collapsed on the ground I couldn't feel anything below my lower body. I was numb, I was shaking, I was just really, I just couldn't move. It was, it was a really surreal experience. And right there in that, in that moment when I was on the ground, lying down, just couldn't move, my legs were numb, uh, I just instantly regretted what I did. And within like, f like honestly, yeah, within like five minutes, I was surrounded by like 50 people. And I was like, God damn, yeah, this is, like it was, uh, looking back at it, I was like, yeah, that, that, it, was, it was really cool actually that, there were so many people that just rushed out to help, right? And so I got to the hospital, and then I won't get into too much details about uh, at medical or at the hospital, right? Um, but, like, eventually they told me that I'm going to get medivaced. So my story of getting medivaced was I was supposed to leave um, that week or the next week. So then I ended up going to Okinawa to be put in um, uh, a ward. Uh, psych ward. Then I went to um, from Okinawa. I went to Japan. I went to uh, I think it was Tripoli. I think the Ar Tripoli Army Medical Center it was called. And then from there, I ended up going to San Diego, uh, where I think it was. I think it was just Navy San Diego Medical Center yep. where Miramar was. Um, and. The whole time, like I, that's just the fast forward version, but like the whole time I'm thinking I'm gonna get I'm gonna get medically separated, because suicide attempts, uh, like, is far away from home, you know, in Japan, and you know, you, you, I mean, there's no, there's not been any r medical record of me having like any mental illness or depression or anything like that, but I was, the whole time I was thinking, yeah. Like I remember the the nurses I talked to and the doctors I talked to was like I asked them like straight up like hey like am I gonna get med medsept? They're like honestly I don't even know. I'm like mm, okay well there's probably just they're probably just saying that to be nice. Cause there, there was a fear. 
Exactly. Yeah. You didn't want to actually be married. No, to absolutely not. I like I said, as soon as that happened, I instantly regretted my decision. So, um, pretty much, I was in San Diego for about two weeks, three weeks. I was gone actually shorter than I thought I was. Shorter than I thought it was. I was gone for like 19 days, and yeah. I was like, hey, "No way, that's crazy." The longest I spent though was in Hawaii. I was because I was in the psych ward for like yeah, like three weeks. Which, by the way, is not fucking fun. I hope no one ever listening to this, anyone, anyone at all, anyone that I know has to live in a psych ward for more than three weeks. It's worse than boot camp. And they <laughs> they ship yeah. you of all, they ship you of everything, you know, but. Regardless, and that's, and that's obviously to protect you, right? Yeah, yeah, no, I don't understand why that, they did it. For you in that state, though, you're like, damn, I ain't got nothing, right? Yeah, obviously, yeah. I know why they did it. So I'm not saying yeah, that because, right. like, oh, well, I can't believe they did this. No, obviously, no, they no, have their reasons for it. I got you. Like, you know, you don't know what they're gonna do, so therefore, it's like, hey, I'm sorry, but we're gonna have to do this. From yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Exactly. So then, I was there, and I remember um, I was with uh, my NMA at the time. Who, when I eventually, because eventually I did leave the that psych ward in Hawaii. So the NMA is the battle buddy that you had yes. to go with, right? So kind of, you don't yeah. get lost. Exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. So then I eventually got back to San Diego, and then that was, like, the whole time I was in Hawaii, I was like, okay, yeah, this is where I'm gonna find out where I, whether or not I'm gonna get separated or I'm gonna stay in. Which I was like, I think I'm, I think I'm gone. I was like in my head, I'm thinking, huh, what am I gonna do? Like I was already, th- I was already expecting me to get out. I was like, okay, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do this and that. But eventually, I got to San Diego, and then that's where they're gonna decide on what to do from there. They're gonna decide whether I was gonna be outpatient or inpatient. Which, for those who don't know, inpatient means they're still gonna take care of you medically, and then eventually you'll get out. Or I think that's how it works. But they'll determine in the actual hospital whether or not what, what they're what they're gonna do. Then outpatient is, hey, this person is good to be taken care of, you know, outside of medical or the hospital. So we'll then someone else can just look after him. We'll leave it to you guys pretty much. Right, right, right. So it's either we'll take care of them or you will. Follow up with appointments. They don't need to be located there residentially to undergo the care. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so then I was, I was, um, yeah, you know, honestly, that brings up another thing. So, like, at that, at that, um, my experience at uh, the San Diego Medical, they they determined that um, I was good, and I was like, I was good, like I'm good. Keep in mind that my suicide attempt was like a week before this happened, where they said, Oh yeah, he's good now, he's fine. And then it's like we have follow up appointments, and it's like this and that, and it's like, all right, cool, that's it. Like just like like that's all well and good, but it's just the way they said it, you know. It's just like. Okay, like that's it. Like it's just it was in my head. I'm like that's it. Like I just went through a very traumatizing experience, and now it's just like, okay, cool. Uh, we'll have this and that. All right, bye. And yeah, like I didn't like at that time. It was like, okay, so wait, wait where am I gonna go now? Cause at the, when I got medivaced, I didn't have a government travel charge card which for those who don't know is a card that the government gives you so you can use to pay for travels and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I didn't have one at the time because I didn't, didn't finish checking in. You just got here. I, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I didn't have one at the time. I was trying I was actually in the process of doing that. Right, right. But um basically I I was like, well what am I going to do? My NMA was like, yeah, what where is he going to go? And he's like, I, I don't know. Like he could stay with you. And I'm like, 
Wait, so you didn't have a plan of where I wanted to go after you released me? Well, I didn't say that, but in my head, I'm thinking that. They didn't give you, like, orders or anything to go back to the back to Japan, or? Mm, not at all, oh, no. Okay. I didn't. So it was just kind of, like, figure it out? It was, it was kind of a figure it out. They kind of gave me, like, an idea of what my treatment was going to be like, but they never said, are you going to go back, or gotcha. that you're going back. It was just like, so just kinda left we're going to be, we're going to treat you. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be treating you, but we don't know if you're going back yet. And I'm like, uh, all right. Cool. Wow. But um, yeah. Uh, I'll wrap it up in a second. But no, like, you're good, you're good. <laughs> this is this is this is us being honest, and we're trying yeah. to explain and, and express things. And, and I'm I'm grateful for you sharing. For, like <laughs> yeah. sincerely, like I'm grateful for you even wanting to share this. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it's uh, like my NMA was just like, uh, all right. Well, then I guess he will stay with me. But um. Yeah, we don't know if you're going back yet. So then I was in San Diego in a hotel, a really nice house hotel, by the way. So yeah, shout out to I, th- I forgot the name of it. I think it was Sheraton in San Diego, the name of the hotel. But um, I was there. there. Motel Six or something. I was like, wow, <laughs> all right, man. No, 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 no. <laughs> but I was there for like I want to say a week at the most, a week and a half, I'd say. And then eventually, my anime tells me, "Hey, you're going back." And I'm like, "Wait, actually." Yeah, I, yeah, I've been talking to Sergeant Major, and I've been talking to uh, a bunch of people. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to the, you know, Dr. Fernandez? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's a great dude. He's a great dude, great man, great, great guy. He's, uh, if he's, I've been talking to them, I've been talking to this person, you know, and we're gonna, we're gonna just, uh, we're gonna try and get you back. I'm like, wow. So your fears didn't come to fruition of, mm-hmm. of being separated and getting quote unquote kicked out, right? Mm-hmm. And eventually, like, yeah, I find myself back here <laughs> on base again. And I, I remember I was so, like, I was terrified of walking back into my shop because, um, like, no one at the, at least I didn't at the time, I didn't know anyone at my squadron knew about it. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. knew about what happened. I preferred not to keep it that way. Yeah, I we're not, to keep we're it not supposed to, like, hey, guess what happened? Yeah, guess exactly. what happened, but, yeah. Well, to raise awareness and to be aware of, hey, one of our brothers just had this happen to him. Of course, you know, word gets around in some form or fashion, but mm-hmm. but you, you were afraid of, like, a gossipy type sense? Yeah, yeah. I was just like, oh, no, what's going to happen? But then I, like, regardless, I won't get too much into detail about what my experience was like getting back, but pretty much the main point I wanted to get across was just that after going through such a traumatizing experience for me personally, and yeah, uh, going through a dark time of all of that bullshit, I remember like just in the psych ward, I'm like, God damn, this sh- this sucks, dude. I, why? Th- yeah, I was just like, geez, this, it's just it's just bad. But it also made me realize that you know how much I value small things, like to just have just my phone taken away or like being stripped of or being. Uh, getting my personal belongings taken away from me. He didn't say stripped. He said stripped <laughs> of. Stripped right, of, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what happened there? Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like, I was stripped of all of my personal belongings, and, yes, that includes my clothes as well. And But, but you were issued some clothes. I was walking around yeah. naked. Right. We were, we were issued not clothes. not walking around naked. <laughs> okay, good to go. Yeah, we were issued clothes. You know, they took care of us. They took care of us like normal people, but, you know, we were just stripped. T- stripped, okay, taken of, <laughs> taken from all of our personal <laughs> belongings. We were not stripped naked. We had clothes on. You know, we were. They, they didn't dehumanize us. No, they, they, yeah, were, they yeah. were. They were taken care we of. We don't us. laugh or cry. Okay. Exactly. That's yeah. Right. But, 
pretty much like my main point was just like how much of I how much I value stuff just the small things uh, how much I value just having my own room how much I value just being on my own because I was with like four other people at the time and sometimes even more I actually met some actually pretty cool people there which is sounds weird to say but no, no. I met some pretty cool people some were also service members uh, I don't remember what branch but there were also some military members just trying to live it up. They were trying to survive and live life, right? That's right. And, like, to me, like I said, that scenario and that just situation, like, despite all of that, despite everything, all the bullshit, all the bad things, all the bad thoughts, all the negative energy, all the bad, all, the, all that one attempt, right? You know, I still eventually made it back here. And I'm here, and I'm living it up, and I'm trying my best. You know, obviously, it's it, you know it's a work in progress for it. You know, it, I'm still getting help for it. I'm still yeah. dealing. With, it's still pretty recent too. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not like a thing that goes goes away overnight. But it, I'm still trying my best. I'm, I'm better now because of it. And like I said, I relate it back to resiliency yeah. because, you know, like I said before at the beginning, like. Resiliency is just something, a term you could use when you just, despite everything that's thrown at you, all the adversity, all the bad stuff, you still manage to get back up. Some, it doesn't even matter how you get back up. Sometimes you just need to take the first two steps, and that two first two steps can just be getting on your feet. But it gives you that momentum, maybe? Gives to, you that momentum to, to just keep going. Like, okay, I'm up. I can't go back down now. Yeah. So, yeah, like, all of that, like, all of that now is behind me, right? Like it's good for you. It's man. it's behind me. It's it, it happened. I'm not gonna ignore that it happened, but right, right. it happened. It's it's still there. You know, it's still in my mind. But you know what? We're we're learning now. Now we're we're being better now. That's right. We're learning now about myself. We're being better because of it. And even though it sounds bad, like that experience helped me a lot. In like no, it how sound much. Bad at all. How much of a like a resilient person I am, even though I didn't believe it. Oh, like, cute. I'm glad all you're of that. Here. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm thankful that you're sitting here, man. Yeah, it's crazy because I remember I told my my parents and my brother. My brother is also in the uh, is in the is, in, is also in the service, right? Mm -hmm. um, oh, I love that he said that service, folks. He said <laughs> service. That's an old school term, right yes, there. Sir. Too often we say military nowadays, but service in the service that's a that's a serve that's an action verb <laughs> think about that service members we're here to serve but yeah service ahead. members yeah he's also i remember i had to t that was a rough conversation you know because they because as far as my family knew like i was just gone in another country and like, you'd only been here for what like two weeks two weeks yeah i didn't have a way to contact them back until i got my phone back or actually until i get back to get went back to the united states yeah, for like yeah. a couple weeks so just so you boot camp the the job school you went home at some point during yeah. there during that thing. We usually get what ten days or so. Ten days. Yeah. So, outside of that, you come to a foreign country, and man, I, I'm just I'm I'm so grateful. I really am that that you're here, right? And that 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 what occurred, you were able to physically recover from, and it wasn't the end of you, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm just so grateful that the means in which you used in your attempt, um, you know, because if somebody uses, let's say, a weapon. Or if somebody uh, attempts to do it in some other way, mm -hmm. you can't just kind of get that out of your system. Yeah, you, you, like you're gone, right? You can't just remove a, a, a round or something like that. So <laughs> I'm grateful that you're not that 
that it wasn't a permanent situation yeah. that you were able to see right then and there. And I, it made me think, man, because we're talking real here. When you said as soon as you did it, you were like, fuck, what did I just do? Basically? Exactly. Yeah. And you regretted doing it. I wonder how many people would take their lives in, in or uh, make an attempt in other ways. And, um, you know, they say the brain isn't dead, the body, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like how many of them are also thinking, fuck, I wish I didn't fucking do that. Exactly. Right. And, and this is where I, and you were in, you were sober. It was a normal day. I was not sober. I was not drunk. No, it was a very sober, like I said, very intentional, but impulsive decision. That's what I'd like to say. Now, can you, and we talked about this with Oscar, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm just trying to understand because I think, look, I've had a suicide attempt before. Mm -hmm. I happened to be drinking. Um, and there was some other times I, I think I attempted. I woke up, there was some stuff there like, whoa, I guess I tried to do that. And to be honest, my wife hid weapons from me um, in our home. And because uh, I guess when I was so intoxicated, I was kind of like uh, going to use them on myself, not others. But um, it, everyone has their own, you know, that goes through these things. Mm -hmm. Everyone has their own, you know, we say it, the QR code on the end of our fingers. But you were obviously dealing with a lot leading up to them, right? And this is where I said, um, everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. Now, did you want to be babied at all in that situation? Mm. No, he just, no, he doesn't want to be babied, but like you said, thrown to the wolves. Um, I, I can't forget that a great friend of my, my, my man Rodney out in um, California re uh, recently retired. And in his speech at his retirement, he said that he was, you know, some people get into their speeches and they brag about themselves, but he said, hey, for these young ones that come in, we send them to SIF, which is where they get their gear. He said, we send them to medical, we send them to dental, and then we send them to the field, which is essentially the mission. And it's crazy because you weren't there for that speech, <laughs> but it's exactly what you feel like you just described, mm -hmm. right? And we just don't know what other people are going through and when you said you wish you'd have had somebody to check in on you or to be that friend to you, what could have made a difference for you at that point? Because you were obviously under a lot of stress, right? And stress affects everyone differently. That's the thing I want everybody to understand too. So you're in a cloud of mm -hmm. some type of not good place yeah. and not good judgment because an impulsive thought became mm -hmm. an impulsive action, became yep. almost the end of you. Yep. What could have helped as far as what you said earlier about that friend that you may have needed? Uh, so I... Um uh, my uh, the the help I'm getting from my therapist and all the people that I met throughout that whole experience has always told me that in general what you do need for most like when you're just in that spot is just like a structure so mm -hmm. a structure of people like an acronym I like to use is like a village so Ooh, like a it village, takes a village it takes a village you know you got a village of just people of support systems, of just things to do, things to live for. Um, it goes on and on, you know, everyone yeah. has their own reasons, but like a structure, okay, of like, okay, who can I reach out? Who's like the most, the people that are always gonna be there for you no matter what? Like, some it's for, some it's family, some it's the, the people in service, sometimes it's your friends, you know, right, it's right. for different for everyone. Like, just having a structure of people, or rather a support system, but I just like to call it a structure. No, it's good. But no, it's yeah. but it, it is a structure in itself. Mm -hmm. It's it's something solid mm -hmm. in your life. Which, but you're essentially saying the community and the village. Community, yeah. yeah. The, the village, the community of just 
sh random shit that, whether it's things or people or places, to just help you whenever, whenever you need it. Like, whenever this part of the structure of this support system doesn't work, there's another part of it. You know, that's why it's a structure, because right, in case right. one part breaks off, unless, like, like, there's some other, like, some random extraordinary event that happens. Like, there's always going to be something else beneath that. Yeah. Because you're going from the top. Like, if you think about a structure, like, if you're going from the top of it, um, usually it's not going to break down. Yeah. If you want to break down a structure, you're going to cut it off from the bottom, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, metaphorically speaking. But, like, from the, the top. foundation, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. If you, unless you destroy the foundation, like, everything else above the foundation won't break off. Yeah. Not as easily, anyway. That's what I like to talk about, like, that four pillars, though. Like, mm -hmm. before we talk about the physical. Yeah, the yeah. Mental, the social and the spiritual, mm -hmm. and and well, I think the metaphor we use we did the push-ups, right? And Oscar, right? <laughs> yeah. We had somebody come up there, like, yeah, I can do push-ups. You have them do push-ups with all, you know, all points of contact with two hands and then two feet. So that's to represent the four points of contact. And then you say, okay, great. He did a he or she did a great job. And then you say, okay, now take away one of those physical, mental, spiritual, um, or social. And, you know, people make their choices, and we say, okay, we'll take off one. And then we tell the same individual, now do push-ups with <laughs> only one hand. Only one hand. And then, or I think we do one hand, whatever. Yeah. We eventually cut it down, folks, um, to paint the picture metaphorically that exactly what you said. Mm -hmm. You need those four pillars to hold up that structure. Yep. And when they're not there, maybe you'll be able to survive without one of them because you can do one-hand push-ups or maybe one-legged push-ups, mm -hmm. but you can't do no-hand push-ups. You can't do no legs push up. I mean, some people can. They're probably strong as hell. But <laughs> how many of us are really that strong in those two areas? Or yeah, yeah. And the metaphor is you kind of need all to be a fully function. There's no tables with three legs, or are there? I don't know. But if you, you know, what I'm saying. And the whole idea is is that we that balance, that structure, like you're explaining. So, if you don't mind me asking, mm -hmm. what was it in your structure at that time? At the, like in your pillars, and, th and it doesn't have to just be the social or emotional or, or uh, physical or mental, but what was going on with you to where anybody listening goes, dude, a fucking checkout sheet? You lost your checkout sheet and so you almost you took your this? life? Yeah. And I'm not dogging you. I'm not judging you for that. But when we talk about that wear and tear on people, right, you have that a catastrophic thing that feels catastrophic to them in that moment, <laughs> but your judgment was already cloudy from everything else, the yeah. stress levels and everything. The build up. The buildup, exactly, right? And now this is, you know, essentially that straw that broke the camel's back, and everybody's like, he's no longer with us because he lost his checkout sheet? <laughs> no, right? No, absolutely there not. There was more to that. And Way like, more to it. How can we avoid getting all of that? I'm not, I don't, if you want to go in detail, you can, but how can someone avoid those things? Because now you're in touch with all of these agencies, and you got to see the response, and all those 50 people were around you. <laughs> but yep. some shit happened. Mm -hmm. How can we stay proactive and prevent someone from being in that same situation? Mm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, like something you could do to prevent that 50 people from you know it's ever happening. Great, 50 people were there, but it'd been great if they could have been there before. Before that, that exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, like if like if I feel like the best way for people to be proactive about it is to just you know just be honestly like just be more active about it. Like, about talking about these things? Talk, yeah, like I feel like it's a very taboo topic, you know? Like, just, oh, um, pe whenever people bring up suicide or mental health, it's like people kind of, sometimes I, I've seen just shrug it off, as bad as it sounds. Yeah, but it's like, true, it's though, just man. like, oh, yeah, it's another mental health class. Oh, here we go, like, another like, here PowerPoint, go. motherfuckers. Here yeah, we go, here let's we do go. our, uh, everybody sign a roster. Everybody, <laughs> hey, make sure y'all sign that roster. Yeah, so I feel like it, 
it can definitely help more by just a good a good a good thing that I feel like people can do to just be there more for people is to just like 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 what I did before last time was just hey hey duty you want anything <laughs> like hey like bring, like building that connection with other people. So here's a man that almost took his life, mm-hmm. not even, what, six months ago. Not even, right? Yeah. And I'm not trying to bring it uh, to throw it in your face, but I'm saying within six months later, you're already like, I wonder if this person is thirsty. Yeah. That's that's phenomenal, man. Mm-hmm. Like that's, I'm, I'm, and some people go, oh my God, what, he bought somebody a drink? But no, no, no. You were in this state to where you didn't want to be alive anymore yeah. in that moment, that impulsive decision. Yeah. Obviously regret it after it occurred. Mm-hmm. But within six months, you're already like, hey, I'm going to be there for somebody else. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be there for somebody else and just have those conversations, check in on these other people. Build those connections, exactly. And now you're like an ambassador. <laughs> Are you not? Uh, you're a survivor. I've never bro. thought of it like that. You're a that, survivor. But yeah. You're an ambassador of what made a difference for you and how you can help others. Mm-hmm. Like, and when you first got here, were you ignorant to some of those things, those resources <laughs> and stuff, like that you could have maybe pursued? I, I don't know, because it's hard to be in. Uh, I'm trying to get understand it. Like mm-hmm. in that position, leading up to lost the checkout sheet. Now I want to take my life. At that moment, were you ignorant to things you could have reached out to? Did you feel like you couldn't reach out to somebody? Like, I'm just, I'm just trying to understand. Yeah, no. Uh, so, it definitely was like, um, uh, it definitely was an internal thing. It wasn't like the resources were there. I was there to listen to all of those resources, right, right, right. All those things. Like I said, it was just more of a. It was mainly a me thing. I like. I feel like I needed to just learn that way that it's not a f- uh, you shouldn't be afraid because I was definitely ignorant as you said I was definitely like uh, I could do this I can handle this or well you weren't ignorant as in lack of knowledge yeah like you knew what the things were but you were you're saying like ignorant like yeah. you was being ignorant. like and I don't need to help yeah exactly yeah no. you were saying I mean I'm not trying to put words in your mouth but essentially you knew what the places were but you were like yeah I got this yeah pretty much okay. I was just like Hey, here is your thing, and I'm like, oh no, it's okay, I got it. It's like when someone asks you, hey, uh, um, it's like, let, let, mm, I don't know a good example, but yeah, you, I was given uh, a lot of these things, a lot of things handed to me, but I just didn't take them. I was just like, I got this, I can do it. Until you that, didn't. Until I didn't, yeah, wow. exactly. And yeah. then it's just, I was, I felt victim to that, you know, and it was bad that it happened. Um, but like it's the thing. That's the thing, though, is that for me it was just a me thing. Like all the things were there. Yeah. The people did their part. I didn't do my part. So that's where the issue. That's where the Man, issue was. I'm I'm so thankful that you said that because uh, one of the things I try to talk about because in the suicide prevention that I do or, or the efforts to try to prevent it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm. You know what I mean? But it's just the efforts that we try to make. I, I often say like help us help you. Because mm-hmm. it is, because no, as well intentioned as we may be, we're not mind readers. <laughs> like we're, I mean, yeah. we're just not mind readers. So For real. we, you know, we of course, hey, how you doing, man? I'm good, right? Like that's that's walking past each other, <laughs> like the normal thing to do in our social structure is to be like, I'm good. How are you? What's up? Rah, rah, yeah, rah, rah. Rah. You know what I mean? Like that's <laughs> nobody's gonna be like, well, actually, I've like, got a lot of wear like, and tear going oh, on right now. Oh, I got some going. Oh yeah. fuck, I was just saying hi. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh so, shit. So I get that, but. We gotta check in on each other, and and we I, I feel like you, we shouldn't just talk about this shit in September and Suicide Awareness Month and, and all that kind of stuff. Like it has to be a continuing conversation to l- allow people to understand that it's okay to not be okay and to speak up because. But this is 
to the point of what General Neller said in that mental wellness letter. The exact scenario you just described, and I'm, I, I feel so loud about this right now. I'm sorry for the listeners if I'm hurting your eardrums. <laughs> but because you may not be here right now. Uh-huh, man. Yeah, I could not have been here. And I could just see the, the effect you've had on others in the few months of me knowing you. And I had no idea about this scenario. I swear to God, I had no <laughs> idea of any of this that you just described. <laughs> but not a lot of people do, yeah. But to w- and, and, and nor should I, right? That's your business. That's your medical history. That's that's you, right? But in what I've seen for myself mm-hmm. and knowing you, I've been nothing but impressed. But I had no idea that this occurred with you, mm-hmm. right? So <laughs> and back to my, I'm eating my own words. You never know what somebody else is going through exactly. unless they express it to you or unless you take the time to have the conversation to know it, right? Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean we can sit down and express everybody's full history every single second yeah, of the day. No. But to give a fuck, to care about to each care, other more, yeah, yeah. and to make sure people know that, as in General Neller's letter on mental wellness, he said, it is okay not to be okay. But what is not okay is to ignore your wellness, your mental health, mm-hmm. to the point to where you make an irreversible decision that leaves behind teammates, family, Marines, and I'm paraphrasing this, so I might be messing up the line. Sorry, sir. But <laughs> th- the essential sense of what he's saying, it's okay not to be okay, but what's not okay is what you did. Mm-hmm. And literally what I did, too, which is ignore and say, I got it. I got it, yeah. I don't I, got I it. know these resources. I know I can go to these places. Got it. I got the whatever. brief or whatever. To not use it, and then now. It's like, oh, well, I, now I need it. <laughs> But you've already made that irrational, impulsive decision. Yeah. And you could have potentially left us behind. And your pain ends, but everyone else's begins. Mm-hmm. And that's not to throw it in your face or anything like that, but it's just I don't yeah. think that we're – our mind is not there in the right way as far as not like we're crazy or anything, but our judgment is not there mm-hmm. to full degree because of the stress that we're under. Yep. And it could be just that one – checkout sheet or that one text message or that one little thing that occurs that it's like you know what I don't want to be here anymore and they make that impulsive decision and I'm just I'm so glad that what you decided to do didn't happen yeah no it's sometimes I'm just like holy shit yeah like especially after I got back here I was like damn I could have not been here today at the time it kind of like it kind of hit me a little bit but honestly now like I don't know if it's because I've just learned to live with it or just grown from it, but honestly, just when I think about it, it's like, yeah, it happened, and that's it, you know? And you shouldn't be ashamed of it because we are what we do today, and, and I love the – you know what I really love, Justin, is, mm. is – and this is not to kiss your ass. This is to be <laughs> honest, man. This is to be totally honest, man. Nah. You, 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 everything I heard in here was personal ownership. Mm-hmm. Like, you owned it. You said, that occurred. It's behind me. Um, you said, you know, everyone around you – to, to as best they could, tried to provide the right things. But even then, you still chose to do these things. You still yep. – and, and I look back at me and I go, I, I have beautiful children. I have an amazing wife. I have a, a – you know, I don't know if I'm that good at it, but I have a job, <laughs> right? Um, a, a career, a job yeah, of yeah. service, right? Mm-hmm. I, I was going to throw all of that away, man. Like, and I look back and I go, how the – fuck like if anybody knows me you're like this dude was suicidal like what the fuck and I even look at myself I'm like how the fuck was I suicidal <laughs> right like I really do I but I also know. know that it was real mm-hmm. and that's not to say everybody feels sorry for me or says you're so brave not we're not trying to do that but somebody is well put together you already expressed that you had good parents good family good brother absolutely good friends yep come from a good place come from the golden state man yeah. Eureka and shit right California, California. Coming in with a good reason to serve his country, gets two weeks into the real deal, 
<laughs> and you thought to go that route. And then you're looking at, I'm, I'm not saying me, at the time I was at, like, uh, I was a veteran of a couple of years, had been overseas, survived, da 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 And then there I am mm-hmm. in that withered state of mental judgment, and I decided to go that route. And I look back, and just like you did, and you go, how the fuck? <laughs> yeah, wow. But we did. You we were. Did. And now we're survivors, victors, not victims, but we're here to hopefully take our messes and make the messages and I don't draw <laughs> on my experience to say, hey, everybody, like hey, hey, I want to I tell about my experience, too. That's, that's not at all what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to say that anybody looking outside will go, there's two strong, able-bodied men, warriors, Marines, artists, because we try to dabble in the arts, right, <laughs> who got it all together. Yeah. And, and two people didn't so much have it all together, folks, Yeah. You, on at least one day. We, we know that. We faked it until I actually couldn't make it. <laughs> And, and that's what I want, um, and I think that's what General Neller was, was the intent of what he's saying. Obviously, we all always have got to be aware of each other, but also us as individuals. And that's why I'm so proud of you and what you expressed. We had no lead-up to this. I try not to give a script or anything like <laughs> that because I want it to be honest. I want, yeah, it to, I want it to go where it goes and people to express what they want to express. But we have to check in on ourselves and realize maybe I'm not so fucking well right now and maybe I should utilize some of these resources. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not to, hey, have a secret. This man, I love what you said too because in your attempt and you realized, oh shit, I'm so glad that didn't happen, I didn't pass. But also, you weren't trying to get kicked out. Mm-hmm. You weren't trying to get an early ticket home to California. You no, were like, sir. fuck, I wanna stay in. You know what I mean? So it's just, man, I'm just so grateful for your outlook and then for, again, something as small as not even six months later, this dude's up here on stage expressing himself, helping others. I see him with a fresh haircut, in shape, <laughs> right? But on a Friday, I saw you at the store going to buy a drink for a month. Did you even know the motherfucker on duty? I did. Actually. Okay, he knew him. All right, so, all right, so you're not Mother Teresa. But, hey. <laughs> <laughs> but you were being there for somebody else. Yeah. And, and, and man, I, I, I hope people understand what I'm saying. I know I kind of sound a little crazy right now. But not even six months from surviving such an incident, you're thinking about other people. Mm-hmm. That's fucking beautiful, man. That's yeah. what the fuck this whole life was about, man. Yeah. And I have it right here on this thing. Jim Carrey. Ooh. You know I'm an aspiring comedian. I try. Um, yeah. But the effect you have on others is the most valuable currency there is. The effect you have on others is the most valuable currency there is. And I'm also looking at a quote from General Neller, the way he says, lead like you want to be led. Um, but also, you got to lead yourself, too. And, and, we, and we failed to do that. I think it's, I don't want to say especially, but very often as alpha types or what the status quo or the stereotype or the archetype is of these military people, Marines are at that, right? I got this. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to be there for somebody else, but I got this. I got this. <laughs> but do you? Yeah. But do you? That's a, that's a big question. And as leaders, sometimes when we seek out that help, I think CJ said it on our first episode, when they can see, the other ones see that, oh, shit, um, Staff Sergeant or Gunner Sergeant or Captain or Sergeant Major or General or Colonel or whoever is seeking help. It's not like, oh, they're trying to get attention. No, no, it sets a good example mm-hmm. to say they're checking in on themselves, man. Um, yeah, you know. You can't. You can't what I, what I remember when my, my time during that whole thing is that a lot of experience uh, or a lot of quotes that I was told from one particular individual that I remember about um, all of that is that you can't fill someone else's cup with Ooh. water and if, if your cup is empty, you know? 
So did you listen like... to our episode? I just posted a shit. Like <laughs> did you listen to the episode we had the other day? No, I did not. You didn't because it just posted like right before we met here. Right? Oh wow! But no shit. Uh, Cal- shout out to Coach Chan, Miss Dre. She was talking about tea, teacup. You can't pour from an empty cup. Yeah. Like, it's like damn, look at this look shit at that. full circle. Yeah. We did not plan this shit, folks. This yeah, is no. just this is just real people keeping real talking some real resilience talk. Yes, sir. But. You can't pour from an empty cup. Yeah, it's true. You can't. How many of us are doing that, though? No. <laughs> I don't know, but it's probably more than I can count, you know? Yeah. Like, I was definitely victim to that, and I'm sure a lot of other people are as well. But, you know, just just that saying really opened my eyes to, like, well, yeah, like, shit, I can't help people and do what I want to do and what I what my purpose, I believe, is if I don't take care of myself, right? I got to fill my own cup first before I can do the purpose that I w- believe I should do for other people. And how are some ways? Because we want to leave people with some tangible things. So good some t- ways that you fill your cup. Uh, good ways to fill my cup is to just sometimes just go out for a walk on my own. Or get like, outside. Just get, get outside. Some, get some vitamin D. Get some vitamin D, yeah. yeah. Just go outside, walk around, uh, go see Japan. You know, I'm in a foreign country that I've never seen before, and I love Japanese culture. So, you know, hey... Just go out, go meet some people, or like I like I mentioned before, the volunteer events. I actually met some dope ass people. Um, Not as in drugs, we mean dope as in cool. Dope as in cool, <laughs> yeah. Dope is the new cool, you know. Dope is the new cool. Nah, I've been I'm, around for a while. I'm a little yeah. old. It's been there. Yeah. Dope is the new cool, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, uh, at the volunteer event yesterday, we went to this English cafe down by the Ikuni Station. Yeah. And we met some. So ba- basically, I actually really like this environment. So pretty much, it's an environment of where. You got people from all over Japan, some people from here in Iwakuni, Yamaguchi, or some people. I remember there's one girl that came from like Hiroshima, and I'm like, God damn, girl. Came all the way over here just for this. And what, just, what was this? So this English cafe. So it's an environment where there's a bunch of other uh, service members mm-hmm. with Japanese local, Japanese locals, whether, like I said, it's from Hiroshima, Iwakuni, Tokyo. I think there was one from Tokyo. I was like, geez, why'd you come here? Right, right, <laughs> But anyways, right, right. like, it's <laughs> you, like... You're in Tokyo, why come here? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, um, so there's some of them uh, are learning English, or some of them already speak English, or they're just brushing up and trying to learn English. Or for us, like, hey, I, I'm trying to learn Japanese. Ah. So we pretty much, there's tables set up all over the place, and we just sit down with, like, all these Japanese locals, and we just have conversation about literally fucking anything. It could be about I think I think the did you speak were, in their talk ta- like in their tongue? Well, or? I tried to. <laughs> oh, I got you. So that's the idea is to speak yeah. in their native tongue. You speak in your native tongue. And yeah. Or or they just know how to speak English and just have that. Or just know like sometimes they could just speak English and we could just talk about like your culture, our culture, what we like, what you like, how you wow. do things here, how we do things there. Yeah. Um, what movies do you like? What movies? You think any of them are just like, like misleading you on purpose to make you do dumb <laughs> shit? <laughs> I remember. The, I remember those times. I was like, would be so funny though? Like they were like, "Hey, make sure you're loud on trains, and make sure that you uh, <laughs> you walk and chew, which are total like don't do's." And in, <laughs> in Japan, yeah, make sure to be loud. They were like, "He knew." All right, I'm gonna fuck with him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there are the times when I, I said a whole Japanese phrase. I was like struggling. I was like. Anata no sukina, and I was like, and I eventually finished, and he's like, oh, okay, I like, and she spoke in perfect English, Made like, stupid yeah, shit. and I was like, oh, well, goddamn, I just struggled my way to say this sentence in Japanese, and he was like, oh yeah, I know what you're saying, like in perfect Japanese, not perfect Japanese, like, not perfect English, but she, like she understood, like she replied in English, and yeah. I'm like, well, goddamn, okay, yeah. <laughs> so you speak English, <laughs> you're way better than me, <laughs> yeah, yeah, see, you're already ten steps ahead of me, but yeah, oh, I. Man. 
I got I got to meet some of those people. I got one of their um, we she she gave us her Instagram because I was with a bunch of other people that I knew as well. You didn't like steal her credit report or anything. <laughs> no, <laughs> she actually came to us. She was like, okay, cool. She was like, hey, uh, she was she was like, oh, uh, picture, and I, and I was and I was just like, fuck yeah, let's do it. And we Hell took a yeah. picture, and she was like, you guys have Instagram. I'm like, all right, let's do it. And like that connection, you know, that like connection, with connection, like just some random Japanese uh, local. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. She, like she came, she was the one who came from Hiroshima, and I was like, you came all the way here, an hour by the train station, to come here for this for like a three-hour event. And I'm like, wow, wow dude, like Japanese people, they they're some of the most dedicated. Like, oh, there's some nice great people, people out here. There's yeah. some great, there's some great humans out here, man. But I, I think it's so cool that, again. That experience yesterday, you, you you met you connected some people. He has some new followers. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. go follow her. Did you follow back? <laughs> yeah, we were follow I just, buddies. I just now. learned that that you had to do that shit. That, we're uh, Instagram that was messing now. me up. <laughs> <laughs> My kids laugh at me all the time. But um, you wouldn't have found that sitting around in my barracks. Yeah. You you wouldn't. You just wouldn't have, man. And no. and I mean, it's to each their own. I'm not saying there's not a time and place to just rest and just binge out on Netflix. I watched the other night, I watched that fucking Sins of Our Mother shit <laughs> on Netflix. I'm one of those people, I can't, you gotta know yourself, man. I can't watch certain shit, man. Yeah. Like, you oh. know, so, but there's a time and place to kind of veg out, right? But yeah. I, we watched that whole shit. I was fucked up for like all day yesterday. I was fucked up until I got to go DJ an event and I was I, I got some fuel in my tank, right? Yeah, all right, cool. But, yeah. but I, I'm not one of those people that can watch shit like that and be like, okay, right? Mm -hmm, but. Mm -hmm. Are you one of those people that could just sit around the barracks and be okay? Um, uh, like, well, see, it's an interesting question because I feel like, for me, like doing that, as you mentioned before, like sitting in my barracks and just not doing anything, like sometimes that's just what I need, and yeah, sometimes man. it's really helped. Yeah, but at the yeah. same time, as you mentioned before too, it shouldn't be the only thing. Like gotcha. there are times I'm in my bed, I'm like. I should go do something. Like, uh, even if it's just to go get food. Like, yeah, hey, yeah. I'm going to go get up, and I'm not going to order fucking pizza. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, like, for the 10th time this week. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I think I got a problem yeah. now with pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, I'm going to go, I'm going to get up, I'm going to walk to the exchange, the, or the seven-day, and just get some food, like, actual food. Or I'll go to, like, the 7-Eleven. Like, I'll go off there, and I'll get some food. Or, hey, I'll go... Maybe I'll just go to like McDonald's, like you know, something that just sometimes all you need is just to get out yeah. of your room. Yeah, yeah. Like sometimes I'll be in my room, I'll be chilling, I'll just be cool with that, and I'll have a good time. But there are definitely times when I'm just like, yeah, I should get out. So there's definitely times to rest and recover. Times, yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. But it, it here's the thing I was really trying to say there was like, mood follows action. A lot of us are like, I'll go for a walk when I feel like it. I'll get out and go make friends when I feel like it. I'll go work out when <laughs> I, I feel, feel like it. it. Guess uh, what? No. You are not gonna. You're not always ever gonna feel, feel like, like it. it. I love what <laughs> yeah. Joe. I, I, I love what Joe Rogan said one time. He was like, "If I only worked out when I felt like it, I'd be a fat fuck." Hell yeah, you would. You <laughs> no one wants the, to work out. You know, like nobody wants to. But it's in all these things that are well for us, that are good for us. More times than not, like we got to do it when we don't want to do it. And that's where the discipline and that awareness of like your own personal structure and infrastructure in yourself comes into play, man, and we have to know ourselves and, and take the moment to reflect, to look inside, and kind of do an accountability or maybe inventory of how much how much is in your cup. Yeah, yeah, How much real. is in your cup? And um, I know for myself, man, like, I had a dream the other night. It was crazy <laughs> that 
I can't even describe it all, but basically I was just overextended and I realized it was God, the universe, whatever was telling me I need to slow the fuck down and kind of bring it in a little bit, reel it in. But I get strength. I get goodness off of going external, right? So sometimes I can bite off more than I can chew. But I know that about myself. It's not like I'm just now figuring that shit out, right? But for someone that doesn't know that about themselves and that's their first time encounter with it, well, maybe there's some other shit they're going through too. And then that's like the demise of them, right? Uh, you just don't know how much things are impacting others. And we don't know how much something hurts someone else. So it may just be something simple like, dude, what the fuck are you so stressed out about? But you don't know there's all this other shit going on too. Mm-hmm. And there's all this other shit that's been going on. So, much so this is a lot of shit, man. Yeah, it just there's is. There's it's so much more beneath the surface sometimes. So much. And you, and I just, hey, we, we got to let people know it's okay not to be okay. And nobody's asking. I'm th- this is a strong dude right here. I mean, I'm, I'm serious. Y'all can see his art and his performances, man. <laughs> it, no, yeah, it's outstanding, dude. It really is. And, and I applaud you. That takes a lot of courage to get up in front of people and perform like you do. And perform such fucking different instruments. And then, like, you played Carlos Santana one night and riffed Hell along yeah. with Carlos Santana. Yes, and then you come in with the, what the fuck was it? The Kimbrel? What the fuck was that? The, oh, Kalimba. Kalimba, that motherfucker, right? <laughs> that sounds like a weird new, like, version of Kalula or some shit. I don't know. Here's <laughs> <laughs> chocolate Kalimba. Kalimba. Yeah. Long story short, man, even you, though, in all your strength, still got to a point where you were going to make a permanent decision for temporary circumstances. Yeah. I think the main thing we want to drive home is check in on yourselves, check in on each other, man. Always, yeah. Like I said, be active. That's be what active. I mean by that. Yeah. It's just mood ain't gonna follow. A- well, move follow action, not action follow mood. Yeah. You're not gonna do it when you feel like it. Yeah, like not, not active as in exercise, but like just active as in what you mean, bro? Everything, you know, like hey, let me go check in and see how this guy's doing, or hey, this person looks like they're not having a good time, or hey, this person's sitting by themselves and I don't know them. Maybe I'll make a new friend, or Hey, uh, there's this event that's happening uh, at the SMP that they're doing. Sounds pretty interesting, or even it maybe doesn't sound even interesting. Like, hey, I'll do it anyway. Yeah. Like, sometimes, like you said, like just saying, hey, let's do it. It's something to do. Is that's all you need? Like, even if you don't believe it's gonna be like all that enjoyable, it's something to do. Like, if, if anything, like. Even though you find in, like joy in like let's say playing video games or drinking all the time, like at the end of the day you're eventually gonna get tired of it. Like I feel like that's something that people ev- will eventually experience because it's just the same thing, and eventually you'll just realize it. Or to feel normal, you have to do that. Yeah, no. Not to mention, already you talk about impulsive decision making and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You may be already in a fucked up state already. Then you pour that on top, and well. Yeah, we go six to seven <laughs> times more likely. I mean, I, we had a friend of the family recently kill themselves on FaceTime, uh, drank themselves to death. Not literally, but drank themselves to the point where they thought hanging themselves at that moment was a good decision. And, and the sober mind probably would have never done that, right? Mm-hmm. That's not to judge anybody. That's not to diss. It's just to say if you're already going through some shit, don't add something like that that's going to impair your judgment even more to it. Can't say that enough. Can't express that enough. But like you're saying, get out, do shit, Right? And that might just be that little bit, I'm going to go back to your word, of reassurance Mm -hmm. that you need. And you know what? Guess what? You didn't fully master the Japanese language yesterday. (laughs) Did you learn something out of it? Oh, yeah. I learned, like, how to ask someone, what's your favorite movie or what's your favorite TV show? I just know how to say arigato gozaimasu. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I learned, like, you know, some decent amount of things. I learned a lot about counting. Like, I can get a bit more comfortable counting in Japanese. If you can count to ten, 
then you can count to 100 in Japanese because it's the same way, um, like, I'm sure another lang- other languages work, but, like, with counting, it's the same way in Spanish. Like, if you just, like, so for, you just add, like, the, the like, ni. Like, if you were to say 22, it would be ni, juni, ni, pretty much. I think, I think that's right. Yeah, that sounded right to me, man. <laughs> <laughs> I could be completely wrong, but, you know, I'm still learning about it. But, like, it's pretty much just, like, you just add the beginning of the first number to the next number. So, oh, two, two. Yeah, okay. so, like, so, it's like how we count phonetically, like, when we're, like, one tree, one four, <laughs> one five, one six. Pretty o- much. Over the radio, one seven. One seven. Yeah, no, like, seriously, yeah. It's If you can count to ten in Japanese, then you can learn how to count to 100 and then after 100 you, I don't fucking know that's beautiful man that's cool I mean that's just something to keep you fulfilled keep you something to be accountable to didn't make everything perfect but I think another thing that we try to reemphasize on here is don't seek perfection for things folks like keep an open mind think about it like this is this gonna make things worse nah fuck it I'll give it a try it might just be what I need for that day, or I might just meet a new cool person. If you don't even know how to do Juni, June, oh, it's it's all oh, shit. It's it's Ni Juni. Yeah, Ni Juni. Yeah. If you don't know how to say Ni Juni, which is twenty two. <laughs> yeah, twenty two. Right. We at least got a new follower on Instagram. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. yeah hey. Exactly. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me. Oh, shit, he's gonna Google this shit. Damn it. Oh, we got no service. service. We got no service where we're at. Okay, yeah. I'll double check, but it should be <laughs> Need You Need. I, fuck. And now I'm like, oh shit, yeah, I learned oh, a lot of yesterday. Man. What'd you learn? I can't, okay, well, now I feel like I don't have anything to show for it oh, now. Oh, man, you got so much to show for it, dog. <sighs> uh, man, well, I, it's okay. I am uh, I'm truly grateful, bro, for, for you expressing what you've expressed, for um, just being here, man. The Hey, Dr. Victor Frankel said it. What is to give light? must endure burning, right? Ooh. What is to give light must one. endure burning, right? I say that because you are a light, my man. You are a light to this world. I mean <laughs> Thank that you. shit, man. Just you, I fucking, try, you know? just you fucking singing the Beatles that night. <laughs> yeah. I play that shit still, man. I recorded it. Hell I play that shit yeah. still, man. That's um, a good song. I'd have never heard that. I would have never fucking heard that That's if true. that day would have went the other way. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And I know that other people feel the same way about various things about you man so i just <laughs> keep pushing you know you got a brother in me right yeah. um thank you you're not alone um none of you out there are alone but at the same yep. time man i never knew this until you told me and a lot of people didn't know what he was going through until it occurred yeah and nobody knew what i was going through until things had occurred and so on and so forth right whole point being there is man people aren't mind readers help us help you but i think for us that want to help we can also do a better job of expressing to others that it's okay to seek help, to need help. Because as Justin said, and as I'm saying too, none of us want to be babied. Yeah, no. None of us want to be coddled or say, hey, is every, here's the Nerf helmet for life. Nobody's <laughs> trying to say that shit, all right? But what we are saying, I think we need to give a fuck about each other a little bit more mm-hmm. and to check in. But it's not just checking in one time. It's not just that one fucking workout. It's not just that one time of experience. Uh, of doing the language or playing the guitar or the what the fuck is it called Kalim- the, kalimba. <laughs> the kalimba you gotta follow up and follow through and do it consistently to hopefully become the best you and that shit rhymed i'm using that shit Ooh. in the next open mic what's up hell but, yeah but hey yeah. man um, open mic. 
Open mic. Hey, <laughs> hey, if you want to see more of Justin, I'm telling you, do yourself a favor, come out and see this man at Open Mic. We do it out here in Iwakuni. We do it at YOLO. Shout out to DJ Buck for giving us that awesome space. Man, I love it because it does feel like an old, dirty-ass comedy club sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I love, like, it really does. Because it's all blacked out like that. Yeah, like, yeah, it's not yeah. dirty in there, DJ Buck. I was just saying, like, the vibe. You know what I'm saying? It's grimy. I love it. Mm -hmm. um, but it's authentic. It's fucking real. It is. And then we do it on base as well in a certain space, and we put that out. And then we also, we're going to actually do an outdoor one. Are you down to do that? Uh, I actually will be gone uh, that oh, this, shit. this weekend. Well, all right. Well, we're going to do <laughs> another one here real soon. We're gonna do, while the weather's on our side, man, just do some outdoor live entertainment, man. But uh, again, like I said, man, I just thank you so much for your time, for being candid, for being honest, yeah. for expressing your truth. And, and I'm so glad you did because it's just so much proof, again, that we never know what people around us are going through, folks. So be there for each other. Be there for each other. Be there for each other. And if you're the one hurting... Just please know you're not alone, man. Don't choose a permanent a permanent solution for a temporary problem. Whatever it is, whatever the fuck it is, if it's a good day, guess what? Be grateful for it. But if it's a bad day, just remember, man, this too shall pass. You got anything to add, man? I got one thing. I, I, tell I, him, man. I, I tell learned him. this one quote yes, uh, last time I saw my therapist. Um, hopefully I don't butcher it, but it's by Albert Einstein. Um, so it's pretty much... We can't solve our own problems with the same way of thinking we use when creating them. Oh, shit. Can you say it one more time? That's some good shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, so Albert Einstein. I hope I didn't butcher that, but pretty much he said, we can't solve our own problems with the same way of thinking we used when we created that problem. God damn. That's like the definition of insanity. <laughs> yeah, if, because if you, you, if you keep trying to say or solve a problem by doing the same thinking of how you use to get there, then, well, you're not going to progress in shit, honestly. What the fuck you think is going to happen? Exactly. That's yeah, just like, math with two Fs. Yeah, it's like when you try to add two plus two, and you're like, why isn't the answer five? It's like, well, you're not fucking adding two and two, right? Yeah. It's yeah. Like, A yeah. lot of us are doing that, though, on day-to-day -day mm -hmm. basis. So, hey, I told you this podcast is inspired. If I know other quote, it's by Dr. Maya Angelou, that if you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change your attitude. Please reach out. Be there for each other. And like we said, man, good or bad, this too shall pass. <laughs> Much love. Hell yeah.